Shit, I'm like nervous now. All right. This is Daniel Warren Johnson, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Okay. Awesome. See, that's just... That, that awesome stuff sounded like... That's fine. <laughs> like, we gotta get on with the show. Right. It's, yeah, like it's that, gonna be... Yeah, yeah it's, it's a barn burner, awesome. so... We're all happy. Biden's America now. Come on. It's our first post-shithead episode, so... Oh, so good. I fucking slept last night, let me tell you. My girl AOC out here slaying fools on Twitter. It's like... Oh... I've said before I'm not like a hundred percent with AOC on on her views, like. But she I don't think is, she is on point when it comes to trolling. She I, is hundred percent. And this is eleven o'clock comics episode seven hundred and nineteen. It's the eleven o'clock Oscars for twenty twenty one. Yes, sir. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. And I am. Well, see, no, I can't say you're my favorite co-host of these Oscars because it's it's always it's always a tie but i am david a price i thought you didn't i thought you hated ties you were mr anti-tie well how am i gonna pick one of you over the other hey sometimes okay. you gotta make hard choices like i had to for creator of the year oh i'd rather do it there than between you two fair enough well all i gotta say is is fuck a leslie jones because i'm the one true host of supermarket sweep i'm david ruprecht <laughs> with your sweater and everything no, you're not David Rubrek. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And this episode has been brought to you by our patrons. This is a community-funded and, and uh, informed episode, so why shouldn't our community be the one that sponsors it? It's uh, our patrons from patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They are there for us month in and month out. They elevate everyone, including themselves, um, you all benefit from what the patrons do. All those extra episodes you get every month, thank them. Thank the patrons. All the other stuff that the patrons make possible, the convention appearances and the interviews and the, the videos, all that stuff, you can thank the patrons for that. They are beautiful, wonderful people. And wouldn't you know it, that little patter of uh, feet indicates that we have one of those patrons with us tonight. He's not only a patron, he is family. My man is um, close to all our hearts, and his name is Mr. Frank Lanza. What's going on, everybody? Hey, hey. Yes, sir. I, I, I appreciate it wasn't the pat, the pitter-patter of little feet. I was afraid of that. No, I did you <laughs> solid, because I, I heard things. You know, I heard things. So, <laughs> yeah. Here's tripod. Yeah. <laughs> Italian sausage. Oh, go. nice. Uh, but, I mean, as far as brother from another mother, Frank, uh, his tastes run uh, very close to all of ours. We're just one big old happy inbred family. And uh, so we decided to spread the love even more by having, you know, Frank here with us this episode. And um, we hope you enjoy this uh, wrap up of our favorite. That's the key word now. That's yeah, the takeaway. Correct. Yeah. Favorite things of 2020 not the best right. not the greatest our favorites yeah this is a fa- so really there's no right answer there's no wrong answer because this is all subjective as jason would like to say uh whatever works for you 
may not work for someone else. So uh, there is a comment section on our website. And uh, should you find uh, disfavor or distaste with any of the stuff that wins here and you want to talk about it, get on the comment section or go on the Facebook or tweet to us. Make your voice heard. I'm just in, in comment mode because my uh, my first class of the semester was yesterday and it's like all their mouths are sewn shut. <laughs> How do you get a kid to comment? I don't know. Uh, but I'm working on it and I hope are you guys there... will comment as well. So there you go. Are, do you do you ever get any repeat students? Oh yeah, I have do another. You... Yeah, I have a repeat this time. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, not taking the class again, but the, just just taking another one of your courses. No, the only time I ever had a, a person take the class again is the the one uh, gentleman I failed. Okay, <laughs> that, that makes sense. I mean, you know, he's a glutton for punishment, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this. Well, you don't show up, you fail, right? That's how it works. Go. That's facts. Yeah, yeah. have consequences. All right. The uh, the 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 yeah. No, I was just going to echo everything you said about it being, uh, which of course just make the episode go longer but yeah it, these are like you said these are our favorites and i think you're going to hear a couple times tonight how odd the odd the year of 2020 was overall but it it absolutely made me it 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 took a little longer not longer but it just i i was a little more careful i think this year because of looking at you know the single issues i read and 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 any and there were some consistencies there were some some constants throughout my year and that's going to show up but um this one was not the usual i, I it, it was it definitely felt like it feels like a different o'clockers than years past is what i'm saying to me at least mm-hmm. well, i thought it was the Agreed. easiest one to date it should have been easy. That's what I. It's it, funny, cause, yeah. I know you've said that, and you're you were for the first time. No jokes aside, I think for the first time in the ten plus years we've been doing this, you you had your whole thing filled in well before today, which usually you're filling it in as we're doing the show. Yeah. So that does speak to your believing it was the easiest. I think I with that for me it was one of the hardest years. I be, be, because I think there was so much. Um, there was so much dispersion of what people were into this year. Like I mentioned to you guys on the Monday show, um, we've never had such a, um, uh, a wide range of responses from the voters. And we've never had more veering from what we like talked about the most during the year and would likely be choosing tonight and what the voters ended up choosing as their favorite. So, which I'm, I'm glad for, like, that's like, I don't want, I don't want like every category to be, you know, everyone agree because that we're trying to spread the love but i i i found it to be one of the more difficult years because i thought there was a lot of quality stuff but there wasn't except for maybe one thing which i think we're all going to be i'm guessing we're all going to agree on there wasn't like beyond one set of creators i think it was tough for me there was just a lot of quality but 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 i i i, I struggled up until just a few minutes ago with a few of the categories yeah oh oddly enough um a little peek behind the curtain for my choice is what I wanted to do is not run real long on them. So if I had talked about them on a past episode, I did a little bit of research and I jotted down the episode numbers. And the weirdest thing, uh, there's a good number of my favorite things for 2020 I did not talk about on the show. Yeah. Y- yeah, I mean, same to an extent. There's one book in particular that won a few categories for me. And I don't think we talked about the entirety of the book on the show uh, much at all. 
Um, I mean, Dap and I did talk about it a bit in the early issues, but when I went back and looked at my best things I read this week, and for those that are listening don't know what that is, every week on the Slack channel and the Facebook group, uh, I, I post the thing, the best thing I read this week, and it's just a call out of literally the thing that week that I thought I most enjoyed. And this book I'm speaking of was the only thing that I picked three different times this year. So, but yeah, I don't, I think I, so I talked about it more in the socials than I think I did on the show. Same. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, before we launch into the, uh, 2020 11 o'clockers, why don't we do the drink roll call, get this over with. And, uh, I'll go first. Uh, I, I'm drinking a gnarly head cab from 2016. Is it 2018? Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um I too am drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, this is by uh, Josh. Oh, yes, that's yes. good. Yeah, it's real good. It's real. In fact, uh, funny little aside. I'm getting ready for come up for the show, pouring myself some grape, and the wifey's in the kitchen, and she's like, "I know you're not about to open another bottle when there's a half a bottle sitting open." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave that bottle for you." It was the Cross Springs, the one I said was real fruity. Yeah, I left that for her. Okay, I can respect that. Yeah, the 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 cab is good. The red blend, I, um, the the legacy red blend, my wife really really likes from Josh. But yeah, I like the cab. Um, I'd love to hear what our guest is drinking. I've got a I've got a nice little selection here, and we'll we'll see how long the show goes if I make it through all of them. <laughs> uh, my uh, yeah, it's a little bit of that. Um, my oldest daughter, uh, Coral, she uh, manages a brewery up in one of the mountain towns here in Colorado. So a Paradox Brewery, and she was nice enough to grab me a couple special uh, basement finds from their, their last holdover that they did of their um, their last session. So I got some cool stuff here. I got a, we got a Osa Frambuesa, which is sour brown ale with raspberries, which I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, next up, we have a Farmhouse Provisional Ale with agave lime and sea salt. And the last one is Alchemy Stones, which is a wild, sour, golden fruit with apricots. So, real fruity, real sour, and real potent. Mm. Wow, Man, that's you... all of us. Fruity, sour, and potent. <laughs> that's true. I was going to say, Frank's one of those dudes in the Slack that can drink the sours. And they're all like, oh, that's my shit, them sours. And I'm like, I, I literally had an out-of-body experience <laughs> when I tried to drink a sour where, where, where my, my whatever you call my soul was absolutely threatening to never return to my physical body for dairy to try and ingest it. And they're all like, oh, that sour is my jam. It's baffling. Yeah, it might not be easy on the stomach. I agree with that, but yeah, they're tasty. I've I've been on a real kick with them lately, so we'll keep it going. Sacrifices must be made, Frank. Right? True story. True story. I'm going to bring it back to the Cabernets. This is uh, the standby that I've been drinking lately, the Reuben and Flora. Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, Carmenere, and it is um, still really tasty. So I don't know how far I'll get into this bottle tonight. I've I've been drinking um, a lot of water today as well. So I, I it, I've just been not cotton mouth. I just I just been dry all day. So I don't I'll, I'll gonna enjoy this wine. Have some water back afterwards. But yeah, sweet. Well, um, we're here to do something, and that is to run down. Our favorite stuff from 2020. And it uh, looks to me like the first category is helmed. 
by Dap. It is. It is. It is the uh, Menage a Three Memorial category, the favorite digital first or web comic. Uh, and our listeners in third place voted on Deceased Hope at World's End with 5% of the votes. Second place is Crisis Zone at 7%. First place is Friday, which is awesome, at 14%. Mine is one that um, I found last year, um, and uh, I could recently re- retweeted the uh, the site, but it is, it's called um, Ogloff. Uh, it's Ogloff.com is where you can find it. It's it's produced by Trudy and Doug. There are um, there are some books reprinting some of the strips, and uh, it is it's it's definitely in the more adult um, realm. There 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 can be some nudity. It's it's funny. It it they it, it's. Um, it pokes fun at the fantasy, the medieval genre. Um, it's it's crazy. It's um, it's just it's been a lot of fun. I've I've laughed about it quite a bit. Um, it's uh, it's it's definitely just something that I enjoy a lot. It, it for some reason it reminds me of of some of the uh, from way back in the day when I was seriously reading strips online specifically for the web um over a decade ago i would just you know log in and i would just as if i was reading the newspaper going through the comic strips and i had my 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 google reader was all set up that way and i was clicking one off at a time this this strip takes me back to that time it's just it's 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 funny and i i it looks great and and doug and trudy um have some warped imaginations and and some senses of humor so yeah i don't know if you've checked it out but i would uh, urge you to definitely well uh the fact that my tastes have somehow dovetailed uh with the listeners not only in third place but in second means it's evidence that i think we have Split the timeline and have emerged from the dark dimension, and now it's a whole new day. Because uh, my favorite, as was the listener's second favorite, right? Yeah, is um, Simon Hanselman's Crisis Zone, which uh, was an Instagram strip that he did uh, pretty much daily for a, a long time. And um, it's a, a real time COVID based. Uh, strip all the gangs uh, present, uh, yeah, and it will be collected, <laughs> no doubt. Everything Simon does is collected. Um, but it was nice to uh, wake up and have something waiting for me from uh, a dude I love. And everything you expect uh, Simon to produce is is uh, present within the strip. It's it's uh, dirty and profane and and debauched and it, I don't have to go over the laundry list of the stuff Simon Hanselman does. It's there. Uh, so yeah, my favorite was Crisis Zone. Not surprised. Respect. Um, my choice is the webcomic I spoke to all about earlier this week, and that is Fangs by Sarah Anderson. 
Uh, you can find it in book form. I actually just got my copy yesterday via the Amazon, but uh, you can read it on the webs at tapas, T-A-P-A-S dot I-O uh, slash fangs, or just Google that. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a wonderful romance comic about a, 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 a 300-year-old female uh, vampire who falls in love with a uh, hipster uh, werewolf, and it's hilarious. So there you go. That sounds delightful. Sounds delightful. Um, this this is a category that for me kind of falls into Vince's all ages categorization. Um, I don't really read web comics. <laughs> I don't know much about them. I don't right. have time for the damn things. <laughs> I I did think back on 2020, however, and I I managed to to dig one out of the archives that really really uh, resonated with me. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, that web comic is called Pox and Pudge in the Gypsum Jack O' Lantern, and uh, it's done solely by our, our good buddy Ryan Lee. Uh, Ryan posted this up on his social media last year. I think it ran anywhere from it was like April until September-ish, about 17 chapters in this thing. And uh, I can't say it's real heavy on plot, which was perfect for me, pulling it up on an Instagram story or going through his Twitter feed, but Ryan was born to draw monsters and muck and disgusting things, and this is all of that. It's a little dude named Pox, trying to steal back his pumpkin and he gets trapped in a, in a haunted house is, is the gist of it. But uh, just fun. Had a great time with it. And I can't wait for Ryan to continue on with that one. Well done, sir. And you get the pleasure of leading us off in category number two. Yeah. Back to back, just standout categories for me. Um, category number two, we've got favorite <laughs> color artist and uh, you, you gave that one to the colorblind guy. So let's see. Are you colorblind? I didn't know that. I am. I'm really Holy terribly red-green colorblind. So well, I planned always... it this way. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. You so could have to... You could have let me know that. I would have switched it up. <laughs> I think it would be more, more entertaining for the show. We'll just, we'll just keep it in. <laughs> so we had uh, 46 different nominations in this category. Was, uh, Vince isn't joking when there's a whole lot of, whole lot of votes out there. Uh, listeners third place is Jordi Belair, 8%. Uh, listeners second place, Dave Stewart at 10%. And their first place vote, Tamara Bond Villain, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, at 11%. So she just squeaked one out with the listeners in this category. Um, as for myself, uh, my vote was exactly the same as the listeners for, I think, the first time in my entire career of voting in these things. <laughs> I also voted for Tamara Bond Villain. Uh, she, she ended up coloring really the majority of the books that I noted as standouts last year um the the main book being once in future uh dan mora karen gillen title her colors on that book they don't overpower mora's work i didn't uh i didn't feel like they ever detracted but they also added so much to the atmosphere of that book um you can really take mora's penciling which is kind of cartoony and dynamic and and the way she colors it it just, it just blows it off the page so i had a great time with her coloring on that one um she did Lolo Woods, which I'm pretty sure Vince enjoyed that one. Exactly. Sure work for him on there. Oh, yeah. Unkindness of Ravens, which has been a little popular. She's done some death metal stuff. Uh, she worked on Tenosaurus Destruction. So um, quite a bit of her work just really, really pinged me over this last year and over Dave Stewart, which was a, a tall order. He's normally my number one guy. Well, Dave Stewart is uh, my number one guy for 2020. I, I this was a category where I did have to. I, I, I was whittling things down as uh, as we got closer to show well, earlier today, but um, 
I went with Dave Stewart because when I think about the things that I did read this year, uh, he colored things like Norse mythology, Plunge, Best Full of Heads. Uh, he's coloring Rorschach and Post Americana. He um, he did one of the Last Gods one shots. He colored Batman Universe and which from earlier in 2020, Barbalian and, and Colonel Weird, and he's he's taking part in in various anthologies over the years. So. Um, yeah, he he easily. I was looking for a couple of colors. I you know I looked at Babylon. I looked at a few people, and and when it came down to the amount of work I read um, from books that I seriously enjoyed, Dave Stewart's name was was on a lot of them. So he got my pick. Sweet. Uh, well, I went the opposite direction. I I uh, didn't go with the tried and true uh, omnipresent uh, talent even though they are well worth um, rewarding. Uh, but I went with the person that made me sit up and say, who the hell is coloring this? This doesn't look any, like anybody's work I've seen recently. What what the hell's going on? There's there's hard edges and colors just stop right in the middle of a uh, an object and another color begins. And it's just, it's off kilter and weird. And it really complements the art. Uh, the the line work here, so I want to know who this guy is. And it turns out it's Sean Phillips's son, Jacob Phillips. Um, and you know where to find his work. Obviously, it's on his daddy. I I thought Jacob just like exploded out of the blue, uh, totally unexpected. I like where he, I like his aesthetic. I like his approach. The um, the I don't give a shit approach, where he just makes it. Uh, the, the colors don't follow the script of the line work they set their own pace and their own beat and i think that's wonderful i think it's it's uh, it's obviously calculated because i don't think daddy would let him get away with it if it, if he didn't like what he saw right so um it's it's again it's another facet of the criminal partnership that you remove one piece and it all crumbles right so i think it's i think they're they're just perfecting their craft even more. Uh, I didn't think it was possible, but yeah, Jacob Phillips nails it. Yeah, that's well said. I almost went that route. I'm glad you did. Um, I uh, I joined the crew and and Frank in picking Tamara. Um, I was pretty pretty stoked to see we had over 40 choices here because I feel like colorists, even with their Eisners, is one of those things that people just kind of go with the one or two names they know. Um, and um, yeah, I just I think for me, Tamara just. Um, I wouldn't say she necessarily colored like more books that I loved than the likes of a Dave Stewart or a Jordy or a Matt Wilson or a Matt Hollingsworth. But um, this is the first year that I really took notice of her work uh, and it stood out to me. So I figured I'd give her the nod as well. All good. Yeah. All good. Uh, I am up next with the favorite single issue or one shot. So, you could, you could pick your poison, as it were. And up first with third place uh, among the listenership was Immortal Hulk, The Threshing Place, uh, with 5% of the vote. Uh, in second place, Mr. Jim Rugg's Kickstarter book of the year, Octobriana 1976. And uh, squeaking out the win in a plurality category with 59 different choices this one won with 7% of the vote, and that was Hedra, the sci-fi one-shot by Mr. Jesse Lonergan. All very worthy uh, choices. Um, I went a different direction, though. I 
I remember when I read this, I thought, oh, this is going to make my 11 o'clockers in this category. And usually this is one that I have to really think long and hard about, you know. Um, but for me this year, I had to give some love to our great friend of the show, Mr. Tony Esmond, and his partner in crime, Mr. Adam Falp, for Atomic Hercules number one. Um, we we gushed about it on the show, so I don't have to relitigate that, but it just was uproarious and nostalgic and fun in all the silliest of ways, and I, I just I loved every every single panel of it. So there you go. Excellent choice. Very nice. I still need to get to that one. Uh, let's see. I'm really glad that we're uh, we're focusing on favorite book of the year with this category because I'm, I'm pretty sure mine's not the best book of the year, but it's definitely the one I enjoyed the most over 2020. And uh, for most of the year last year, I had The Last God number five in my slot, and it stayed there for a real long time. I actually did a better job of tracking stuff last year. And, and uh, this this book that I went with, um, after I read it, I just kind of sat back and closed the pages and thought, what the, what the hell did I just read? And it's uh, Madam Satan, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, of all the books, I did not expect to really enjoy the, just the level of fun and entertainment that came out of this thing uh, for one one little comic. Uh, had a great time with it, and uh, the creators really kind of took me by surprise. Um, the writer, Elliot Rahal, uh, Julius Ota, artist, and Matt Herms on colors. And the trio really just put together a, a fun tale. Uh, that's, that's the best way I could put it. Um, Ota kind of just kicked the shit out of me with this issue. I'd never heard of the guy before. Um, he's done work on Betty Page and some other stuff for Dynamite. Went back and looked at it, and then looked back at this book, and I'm just wondering what he smoked or drank before he drew this thing, because it's it's phenomenal. It's out of this world. Love every page of it. I'm pretty sure he's a guy I'm gonna have to put on my my commission list. But um, fun, dynamic, silly, uh, ties into the show a little bit. He's definitely channeling uh, Michelle Gomez from the show, Mrs. Wardwell. He does a great job with Madam Madam Satan, and I'm not sure it's a, supposed to be an exact likeness, but I think he did a pretty good job with it. Um, so overall, that was that was my favorite book of the year. That was one of my runners up. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this one was. Um, this is another one where I I had to move some things around because the other things just fit in other spots better. And and when I thought about you know, the whole idea that this is our favorite, uh, the story didn't necessarily knock me on my ass. But the fact that it exists made me smile. And and mine is Negan Lives, uh, which was the one shot that uh, Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adlard put together to help comic shops uh, amidst the pandemic. Uh, those that were in states that had lockdown restrictions and couldn't sell or, or keep their businesses uh, going on a day-to-day basis with their customers. So... Uh, the crew and image decided to help out and um and yeah it was it was an entertaining story it 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 uh continued the events from the end of the walking dead series uh it's it's a negan story uh, we were introduced to a couple of other characters uh but you know the the it, it's still negan being negan and uh it it was you know if if there are good things that came out of the 2020 i think uh, i think negan lives it can be considered one of them. So it, it ended up really kind of being a no brainer once, once I um, put things in place. So there you go. My favorite single issue or one shot is uh, by far uh, the best of the, uh, 
Death Metal Tie-Ins. This is, of course, written by Scott Snyder with amazing jaw-dropping art by Francis Manipal through the whole thing. Uh, color art by Ian Herring. It's Trinity Crisis. And it, it's, again, it covers, it spans the gamut between Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Infinite Crisis, and Final Crisis. There's a mind-numbing amount of characters in it. Swamp Thing is front and center. Um, it's the issue that gave us back Superboy Prime. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and it fleshed out the relationship even more between Harley and Jonah Hex. It was just a fun... The, the fact that it was a tie-in and not um, elevated to uh, part of the regular series is crazy to me because on every front, it was just as good as the stuff that was going on in the the uh, death metal uh, miniseries proper, right? So, uh, yeah, that my my favorite, hands down, far away, uh, one shot was uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal Trinity Crisis. And again, this is one I didn't talk about on the show because doing so would uh i would have to expend about an hour just telling you what happens in this issue it it it's big right great stuff yeah you should have focused on death metal more this year (laughs) there we go maybe even put it one of the (laughs) come on why are you so tense tonight i'm not tense you are you're rushing us you're trying to like power through oh my god witty banter okay that's it pour yourself a little more wine i am Tranquilo, tranquilo. There we go. Now we're talking. I had a great time with that book as well, Vince. Wasn't it good? Yeah. Crazy. I love the part when um, Harley kisses Jonah on the cheek, and she's like, did you just slip me the tongue? He's like, sweetheart, it's all tongue on that side. (laughs) Coming right through the cheek. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. All right. You're up, my brother. Vince. I'm up. Wine down the gullet. Oh, look at this. I am doing the favorite cover artist. Yes. And this is the second most populous, or I should say diverse, uh, yeah. category. The only, It's number two, only behind uh, favorite collected reprint comic, which got 69 different votes. Yeah. Favorite cover artist got 64. How crazy is that? That's amazing to me. Yeah. In third place. We have uh, oh, it's a tie. How does that even work? But it is. I mean, uh, I count the votes. I gotta be. Yeah. I don't yeah. Get to break the tie, right? Jorge yeah. Fornes and Andrea Sorrentino in third place with four percent of the votes. In second, Mitch Jareds with five percent of the votes, and in first, absolutely zero surprise here with twelve yeah. percent of the votes. It's Alex. Ross. Yeah, big time. Like, pretty big win, considering like 5% to 12%. Yeah, yeah. that many votes, too. You can't yeah. front. I mean, the man, his Immortal Hulk covers alone should get him that. I think we've I, talked I about this, but I feel is. like, yeah, I feel like Alex Ross was the thing, and then I feel like for a while he wasn't the thing because we are all kind of tired of it. And then, low-key, he kind of became awesome again. Like, I don't think he changed at all, but I think we all kind of were like, oh, you know what? He is pretty I, awesome. I don't... Uh... I don't get into it tonight. I, I don't. I, I don't think his post Secret Wars Amazing Spider-Man covers were all that. Okay, well, but his Captain America covers have improved. I'm not gonna say they improved. I mean, some his Captain America covers are good. His Immortal Hulk covers are balls out great. Mm-hmm. The post, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, the Spider-Man covers. 
the reason why I don't think they work is because he has this shiny costume. Yeah, that stupid ass costume on. Yeah, that didn't help. No, it's just. But I mean, but 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 Ross's art it, it elevates the shininess. I mean, it, his 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 paints are designed to emphasize that, and that's and and it, and it pops and it looks great. Even 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 when he did um, Bucky Cap or, or Captain America in general, the shine off the shield or or the 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 quilted armor, like he's. He loves light reflecting off things. But yeah, that Spider-Man costume definitely enhanced that to the nth degree. Yeah. But we're getting away from it. A little bit, but that's okay. Um, my cover artist, the favorite cover artist for 2020 uh, by a, a light year is Jay Lee. Good choice. Love Jay Lee. He, he yeah, did the covers he did for Red Sonja Vampirella. The stuff he's doing uh, for uh, Vampirella's uh, Dark Powers and Red Sonia's uh, superpower thing, he draws the best Red Sonia in the business. Uh, I prefer his version over. Oh boy, um, the the next version is Frank Thorne. Frank Thorne is the top because I think wow. he he made um, Red uh, Sonia. That's a hefty comparison though to give Jay like that's singing his praises. Right but there. the body type is totally different. Sure. Yeah. She's a she's a, a very petite, thin, uh, uh, barely there stitch of a girl. Where yeah, Frank she's very light and spidery in those covers, right? Yeah. But Frank Thorne's Sonya has you know gazangas and she's she's a little bit thick. Herbs, and, yeah. Ah, but what are you gonna do? Oh yeah. Um, and his color sense is just impeccable. Jay Lee. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great choice. Um. This is always a weird category for me because I don't pay much attention to covers anymore. I just don't. Um, and so generally the winner for me in this category is always someone who uh, does covers that I notice but aren't necessarily drawing covers for books I buy. Um, it's just it's just like who do I – when I'm going through previews, when I'm looking on the shelves, when I'm looking to order stuff, like who who stands out to me? And generally speaking, my winner is someone who I always notice and yet – they're always doing covers for books I'm not generally buying. Yeah. But these days, he's moved into this echelon of um, – he's one of the go-to variant cover artists now. I mean I feel like he's done 60, 70 covers at least a year the last few years, and that is Julian Totino Tedesco. Um, you know, If you don't – if I for this work, Google him. He's, 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 a, he's a painter. He paints um, but in a softer way, much more like James Jean when he was doing the Fables covers than, than say like an Alex Ross um, but he's got like really expressive facial features. Um, so it's, it, to me, it's like a love child of James Jean when he was doing mainstream work and art Adams and that's high praise, but he's done like the Hawkeye book, daredevil, um, variants for Conan. Um, he does all the, he does variants for all the remainder books, which is how I see him. Uh, Harley Quinn, walking dead, captain America. He does a lot of the black hammer stuff for variants. So it's like, he's all over the place. You've probably seen his work, but maybe not even known him. I don't know that he's ever done interiors. If he has, I've not read them, but I just love him. And, um, you know, as an OA collector, he's someone that I'm desperate to meet. He lives in Argentina, but uh, he is repped by a pretty big agency. So I'm hoping that if and when we're all vaccinated and we get back to doing cons, he'll make his way here soon by, you know, because he's getting pretty big. But I love the guy's work. It's absolutely jaw-dropping. And um, so, yeah, so Julian Tatino Tedesco. Awesome. Yeah, you saw his reps got an art drop tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured you did. All righty. Well, I'm a little bit like Jason these days. Um, I used to care about covers a whole heck of a lot, you know, buying books just for the cover. And lately, no, not even lately. Now I'd you just buy OA and it becomes very. Yeah, and it becomes a cover. That's 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 the 
that's the investment. I put my kids through college with that stuff, right? <laughs> but uh, I don't buy them for the covers anymore. I buy them for the stories. Um, but this guy, um, the covers he's been doing, I, I think it's been the best work of his career almost, especially over the last you know five or ten years. Um, and he's drawing, I guess, the other half of the Dynamite variant covers that Vince isn't buying, and that's uh, Joseph <laughs> Michael Linsner. Yep. Linsner's so, great. Yeah. Yeah, he's so much fun. And, uh, he, he was in my running, too. I think um, I think you're right. I think his Sonya covers aren't as great as Jay Lee's. I think the Vaporella covers he's doing are the best Yes, um, out of all the cover artists that they've got doing variants right now. So um, I've been big on those, and honestly – as kind of ashamed I am to admit it is he's he's gotten me to buy a couple of books just purely on the variant covers. So I'm actually collecting a couple of those dynamite runs just because he he did a cover and now I'm reading them. So yep. gotta give it to Linsner. Nice. And he's genuinely a nice dude too. He is. I, I have a an awesome picture of him from uh it's a Denver convention back in like ninety seven, ninety eight and uh I got to meet him and there's a hilarious picture of him with a cosplayer I'll have to put on the Slack uh, when I get to thinking of it, but it's it's great. You do know uh, that he's a local boy, right? He's local. Yes. He's local to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I've he, run into him right into him a bunch of times, and uh, David said he's a really nice guy. He um when when we're all together again, um, I'll talk about the comic shop I used to go to uh, in in White Plains, where the owner died, and just Michael Linzer was there to also with a few other artists to celebrate his life and and uh, we got to chat for a bit but yeah um that's uh, it, it's it's hard to to knock Lindsner after that uh as far as favorite cover artist i went with but since i was reading any of those dynamite books um i, I saw them in previews but uh, and they do look great and yeah the, his his red sony is different than jay's but it, it's also more uh shaped like the old Frank Thorne stuff. But I went with um, Jamal Campbell as my favorite because his covers, he's done some covers here and there for other DC books this year, but his, uh, the, the standard covers for far sector, which is probably not the only time you're going to hear that title tonight, but for far sector has been, I, I love them. And I've seen, I've seen the variant covers, uh, you know, Sanford Green's done a, a bunch of people have done variant covers for issues of far sector. And, and I'll be damned if, if Campbell's don't, knock each of them away um um it, it, it's 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 rare to see the standard cover um look just just be compositioned and and just and look better than than a variant and uh and i'm I'm happy to see that they're that they're the standard cover but they are just they they, they match the interiors it's it's a his, his covers are great the books is great but 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 jamal campbell i've enjoyed his interiors um uh, when they pop up, but the far sector covers have, uh, have blown me away each time. Yeah. Love me some Campbell. He's been on my list for a while. So next we have, uh, with 45 different nominations is your favorite anthology comic with 6%, uh, coming in third place is razor blades. 8% in second place is 2000 AD. And in first place, which really doesn't surprise me all that much, with 10% of the votes is Ice Cream Man. And mine, uh, to probably 
Vince's delight is Dark Knight's Death Metal Infinite Hour XXX stream. I, I, yes. I did talk about it on the show for my new travels. Uh, if only for those few pages of the origins of, of the Trinity, uh, that, that should be on my list. That was, it made me, it, literally, LOL, I, I it, it just, it was fun, it was funny. Um, I... I didn't read a ton of anthologies this year as I was going through my list. Now only produced two issues. Uh, but when I think about, you know, the, the thing that I read that, um, that I had to mark as a favorite, it, it, it was this. So that's my pick. I think my choice is a repeat from last year. I think you're right. Yeah. Because my favorite anthology, and you've heard about it in episode 653, and 688, uh, among others, my anthology for 2020 is Comics Review. Rick Norwood, editor, Manuscript Press is the publisher. Uh, what is uh, seriously not to love? Lee Falcon, Cyberry's Phantom, um, Gil Kane and others on Tarzan, Milton Kniff, Steve Canyon, uh, Falcon Davis's Mandrake, come on, Harriman's Crazy Cat, Alley Oop, Buzz Sawyer, it's just it's a, a a quarter inch of legendary comic strips each and every uh, I don't want to say every month r- roughly every every other month maybe I don't even know the, the the frequency but when it I see it I buy it because I love it Squarebound man, magazine size it is in my estimation the thing that picks me up out of the 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 ditches when I've uh, I'm, I'm finding. Uh, not a whole lot from the big two to enjoy or uh, you know I didn't get my box and there's really nothing uh, indie that's sparking my interest comics reviews there all the time it's it's like a little comfortable uh, nook in in my comic book reading room that I can just melt into and enjoy it it's love it uh, yeah it's priceless it really is respect it my anthology is for 2020 was Jack the Radio Creatures, the anthology. Uh, talked oh, about on the show early in the year. It was written by a good friend, George Haig, um, who is uh, the, uh, I guess you could say he's the lead, but he's, well, he's the one of the, he's, I don't know if he would call it that way, but he is in a, a well-known band um, called Jack the Radio, and um, uh, they put out an album called Creatures, and George is a longtime comics fan, sets up at Heroes, and also has an amazing art collection. And so he called in some chits and wrote an anthology um, that got some amazing contributors. Alexis Zirit, Aaron Conley, Tommy Lee Edwards, Jorge Corona, and, much to Vince's pleasure, none other than Matthew Allison, who also did the cover. On the cover, um, yeah. Yeah, l- very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, really high quality, and it was published by... Um, a, 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 a wave blue world, which we've talked about a few times in the last year or two. They small press, but they do some pretty cool stuff. So, yeah, just that's the anthology that's stuck in my head this year. Like Dap said, this was a. I try and go out of my way to read anthologies usually, but uh, for some reason, maybe COVID, I don't know, whatever. It just it was a pretty light year, but I think this would have won most years for me just because I thought it was so well done. Nice. nice. Sounds like a fun one. Um, twenty twenty was a year I read kind of a metric ton of anthologies um, unfortunately they were all like epic illustrated and heavy metal and stuff from 20 30 years ago that i probably shouldn't have been reading for the okloskers votes but uh, 
I did end up falling in line with the listener's third place vote on this one. Uh, Razor Blades is my pick for Anthology of 2020. Um, I, I really liked this one because I think it is an anthology that is in the vein of those older 70s and 80s anthologies where it's a mix of comic art and some prose and some editorial and some pinup and um, it's it's a mishmash of everything even if it's all horror themed so I really enjoyed uh, what Tiny is trying to do with that anthology it's all self-published under his new studio the the Tiny Onion Studios so I think it's going to be a success for him I'm super excited to see more of these books come out there's only two of them out so far uh, but he's he's pulling in a whole lot of big name creators on these as well um guys from his world but you've got you know uh, deladera from something killing the children a uh, teeny howard aaron campbell marguerite bennett um ron v tyler boss brian level there's just all kinds of great names in these things so um definitely an anthology that i had a good time with so. yeah that's that's squarely in a list which always happens at the end of the year when we do this is that i i haven't read read that but i suspect if if i had it would have been strongly in the running but i will read it soon yes i recommend it all right well that'll take us right into the next one here we've got breakout excuse me breakout performers and we had 52 different nominations for this category uh listeners third place vote uh, rom v at five percent uh listeners second place vote we had a tie jesse lonergan and daniel warren johnson and the listener's first place vote at 8% is James Tiny in the fourth. Um, that's cool. I didn't know he was a breakout guy. He's been around a while. <laughs> <laughs> know, yes, listen, this is... Uh... I, I got to tally the votes the way they come in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes, no? I, I would, uh, f- for the record, since you broached the subject, Frank, I would I would argue that both <laughs> Daniel and, and James, if I had sort of total control, wouldn't have been eligible for this category. Yeah. But hey, this is what it is. The, the audience has spoken. Well, you know, they have to give us a few head shakers. I'm just year. glad, so, listen, I looking over the responses, I, I'm just glad, you know, Ben designing with DC wasn't the big news. Of that. I'm glad we got <laughs> rid of that category for it to even come up. <sighs> oh, man. Not good, not good. Well, I, uh, I maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going to be guilty of a, a faux pas here as well, but for myself, uh, Breakout Performer was a guy that, I mean, really caught my attention with, with a single piece of work. I know he's done work before, and he's just going to do a whole bunch of work after. But uh, uh, for me, it was Dan Mora from Once and Future. Um, that book, his work on that book really caught me by surprise. And I've I've seen his stuff in other places, I believe. I've, I'd see him in Buffy. Um, he's done Power Rangers quite a bit. So it's not that he was necessarily new to me, but uh, the, the impact that his work had me on that book um really stuck out for me last year sure um i can't say there were any other um any guys that really you know just kind of jumped on me and i said okay i've got to find everything this guy's done let's look at it let's read it um, so i had a great time with him on once in future um hell the guy actually got me to read a power rangers book which <laughs> is a big deal for me i picked up that power rangers ranger slayer and i, I thought that was great um i'll probably end up reading more power rangers since you guys speak on it quite a bit as well so um Dan Moore has just got a, a dynamic style. Um, his characters are great. His facial expressions are great. His monsters are grotesque and and fun. Um, he can draw a realistic old lady, which goes a long way in my book. Mm. Um, a lot of dudes can't do that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to his stuff on Dark Detective. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a really a breakout book for him to, to do it on the nose. Yeah. I mean, so. he, he, was, um, he was my... 
favorite cover artist a couple of years ago. Uh, he's and he still does some great covers. Um, he uh, did some Batman Beyond covers. He he. I, I was trying to see where I could put him on my list this year. Um, but again, just going over what I, I've read because uh, Once in Future is something I'm going to read eventually. I haven't been, but it's something I'll, I'll pick up and trade one of these days. But um, uh, I'll just echo everything you said that he is great. Uh, but my breakout performer echoing what Vince said earlier about his favorite color artist, because yes, while Jacob Phillips is a fantastic color artist, uh, I am blown away almost as much by, uh, by his art on that Texas blood. Um, he, he obviously isn't just a great color artist. He, he, uh, he picked up a few things, uh, watching dad at the drawing board, I'm sure. Um, but that Texas Blood is is has been an entertaining read, um, and I'm 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 digging the story, but I think I'm digging it a smidge more because I'm really grooving to the art. So my breakout performer for this year, because I can only imagine where he's going to go from here, uh, whether he's going to continue coloring Dad's work, color other people's work, or continue drawing other stories. Uh, Jacob Phillips definitely broke out for me. Yeah, he's uh, on the rise. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm sure there, there'll be a time when when he'll be neck and neck with Dad. Uh, he's very talented. My breakout performer, and I talked about her in episode 660. Her name is Laura Netzger, and the book is Bug Boys. Remember? Uh, from Random House, it is the story of Rhino B and Stag B. It's a a middle readers thing. Like it, it's it's not all ages, I don't think, but it's a it, it's for young adults, and it's a hardcover. And I just I went off on it uh, at length because I loved it so much. It was innocent. Uh, she's world building, of course, and uh, these two little guys they just love being together. They're friends. And she has another Bug Boys book coming out very soon called Outside and Beyond. I believe it comes out in February. So uh, not long to wait for another uh, glimpse into the world of the uh, the Bug Boys. I love Laura Netzker's work a lot. So uh, oh, they love they, they love being together just like us. They do. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Yeah. Um, my breakout performer, I definitely feel comfortable fits into the category, although, um, it's very much because we're U S centric. Cause my man is, is almost my age. He is 45 years old. Um, but this is, in my opinion, really his breakout year for U S exposure. And I think now that he's here, he's here to stay. And that is Mr. Werther Delladera. Uh, mm-hmm. he's an Italian artist, been doing a lot of comics, a lot of European comics for a long time, done a bit of U S comics for dark horse and the like, but, but I think this is the, he was. He is the the uh, the, the the co-partner um, in Something's Killing the Children, and I, I I love that book, and I I just think the visuals just just floor me. Um, I think his character design and uh, his the lead character's name Erica Slaughter, and I think the way he designed her, she was an instant hit on the interwebs. You saw lots of other artists, you know doing their renditions of her because they love the character design. And uh, I think he is right in line. He's actually to me very much in the, 
the Jay Lee school. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a fan of or inspired by Jay in, in some way um, as he was coming up. But but I, I love the guy, and I hope that he is uh, going to just be a consistent fixture in U.S. comics from from here on out. So, Werther Deladera. Yeah, agreed. That was my runner up. Nice, nice. Um, all right, so I am up again with uh, favorite collected. Uh, or reprint comic and as Vince alluded a bit ago it was our most diverse category probably not that surprising right because it probably a, a, the, the you have the broadest choice to choose from because Lord knows they reprint everything these days there were 69 different choices um, and so the the top three as you might imagine were pretty small percentage getters uh, but coming in with the bronze medal much to Vince's cheer is seeds and stems the um, hardcover collected edition that I think came out what in, in the summertime from Fantagraphics, collecting uh, Simon Hanselman stuff, Meg, Mog, and Owl, and the like. Um, coming in uh, in second place is Plastic Man, the Rubber Banded Edition Deluxe Hardcover, which uh, was uh, all of the Kyle Baker uh, and Scott Morse classic Plastic Man run. And I'll be honest with you, I was floored by the winner because I know that. I don't think any of us discussed it. I didn't buy it, and I buy almost every Omniboo, and I know you guys don't really buy Marvel Omniboo, so I'm shocked that this was the winner, but it is what it is, and that is the She-Hulk Omnibus uh, with 6% of the vote, and that's the, the Dan Slott I was just going to ask. Okay. That's yeah. Um, you know, and I can't even speak on it because, like nope. I said, I buy most nope. Omniboo, but I did not buy that, so I don't even know you know, mm-hmm. how it is. But uh, So there you have it. That's, that's, that's your winner. Um, as to my choice, well, I agreed with the audience's second place choice, which was the Plastic Man Rubber Banded Edition. Um, I love when a collected edition has a bit of a gimmick to it, and this had a Plastic Man belt that was actually a rubber band that went over it, uh, had great spot varnish, really well packaged, and I waxed philosophically lovingly about the book um, when it came out. It was my first time reading the Kyle Baker Plastic Man run to boot, so uh, definitely for me a highlight of the year. I really need to get that. I enjoyed hearing you speak on it on the show not all that long ago, and it, that sounds like a an incredible collection. I need to pick that one up. You do. Um, unfortunately for me, this category was a bit of a bummer for last year. I didn't I didn't pick up all that many collections last year, and the ones that I did order, I got canceled or delayed thanks to COVID. So um, I don't have any of them in my hands now to say that they would have been my. 2020 winner which you know looking at you x-men inferno omnibus that would have been my my number one so instead i went with a, a choice that I'm, I'm happy with um it's the adventure man hardcover collected edition uh from matt fraction and team dodson um i mean it, it, it literally just came out so i guess it's a, <laughs> a last minute edition but this thing is great it's beautiful it's super duper oversized um perfect for dodson's art um has a bunch of fun back matter and it, um, some interview sketch material and it goes, you know, really well with the muse reprints from Inhumanoids or humanoids publishing rather. Oh man. I'm going to hear about that. I was about that in the last show. That's what I needed. Anyways, it goes great with those large oversized hardcovers with Dodson's artwork. And I'm going to, I'll probably be coming back to this one a lot. Uh, I like pulling those books out and just flipping through his art and, and enjoying it. So that was my pick. Did, did you get, that did did you get the hardcover, Jason? I yeah, I did actually. I doubled. Is it, it 
Is yep. it the same back matter as as what we? Because I I only have the, the I, I got the image preview. So I, is it the same back matter? I'll be honest with you. It's I'm actually staring at it. It's sitting in a Regina pile about ten feet away, and it's still in its shrink wrap. Still wrap. I, I, yep. I, I read it as a few, so I didn't. Know. There we yeah. go. Okay. I double dipped as well. I, I believe. Quite oh, okay. Um, I, I, they don't have the letters that uh, Fraction had written in the back. You know, they had some of those yeah. uh, kind of timely editorial pieces in the back. I don't see these in here, but it's mostly sketchbook and character background stuff that some oh, okay. of the books. Cool. Uh, I went, um, th- this was, I, I thought I had the one that was going to, I thought I knew what I was going to put on here as my favorite. Um, and And then, I realized that I've read Mr. Invincible in 2020 and I went downstairs because my wife has it in her office next to a stack of other trades and collections that she's kind of stolen from me and and they're in her office and this is in there as well. But Mr. Invincible was, as I already mentioned, books with gimmicks and I mean the fact that this is, this has die cut pages, it's got a, um, it's got a gay full, but I, I talked about Mr. Invincible Earlier in the year, it made me absolutely giddy. It made me delighted to be a comic book fan. I think this is absolutely something everybody should read at some point. Um, it's it's got a cartoony vibe, but it is it it takes the page and flips it on its head. It it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I wasn't smart enough to find the episode I talked about it in, but um, I would urge you to hit the search bar on uh on the website but it is it's absolutely blast by uh pascal uh Jusseline, and it is um it is brought to you by magnetic press and it is beyond a doubt one of one of my favorite books of all time let alone 2020 but it is for certain my favorite preprint edition of the year Boo, just because of you, it's sitting right to the left of me. It's like the next, next thing I'm reading. I got one oh. thing to read before, and then it's next. Oh, you got to tell me what you think. I, I, it's... Dude, you're on a roll with me right now after what happened I... this week. You're on a roll <laughs> yeah, with me. Jesus. So we'll well, hopefully this, that, doesn't, but... this, doesn't, uh, this doesn't, you know, turn You're on a heater, around, dude. But... You're on a heater. I'm going to keep I'll pressing it until, you, until, you, until I crap out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so now it's uh, Vince's turn. I went with uh, my man Hanselman for Seeds and Stems, and I talked about that in... Yeah, right. I talked about that in episode 708, and again, it's it's odd when my tastes uh, are in line with the listeners. Even if it is third place, I'll take it, because it means, uh, again, changes are afoot. It almost never happens. Just craziness. It is. I mean, but this this anthology because I, but, but, like, twice now the audience has thrown in a Simon Hanselman webcomic and now this, and I'm confident. I mean, even though yes, not blowing smoke up our own asses, but yes, we are one of the more popular comics podcasts. Sure, sure. But there are probably hundreds of comics podcasts these year these days, and I doubt very many, if any, ever talk about Simon Hanselman. So the fact that we've had, you know, in in both cases, dozens of people. You know, out of a few hundred voters, vote for these things is one thousand percent because you advocate for them. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Uh, Simon's very popular, <laughs> just because Vince is the favorite, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, according yeah. to those jamokes, I mean, we know that to be true. It's not yes. true. Uh, it but is. I mean, how could you walk away from this thing? A nice, thick little brick of an anthology with a plastic cover 
um, mimicking a prescription pill bottle. Like it's aesthetically, visually. You know, I have a soft spot for the shelf porn and I'm, as you know, I just haven't connected with Simon, unfortunately, but, but I, when I was looking it up, uh, when I saw it get the votes and I checked it out, I was like, oh, this is a really nice collection. Like, and sure the graphics always does. So I'm not surprised, but it really looks right. nice. I wish it was hardcover, but hey. Oh, I said it was hardcover earlier, so I was mistaken. Okay. No, no, it's not. Uh, you can't have everything. But it does have like the nice plastic cover, the wraparound uh, French flaps cover. It, it's beautiful. So there you go. Um, After uh, – um, not, not, not to discuss during the show. We can – Talk about it later, the bonus stuff. But I, I will just, I will mention what was going to originally be my my favorite collected reprint edition. I'm curious to know how it fared on Vince's running. But please, well, we know, go with it. What was it? Uh, Superman, Man of Steel, Volume One. That's what I thought I was going to put as as my mm. favorite. Now, granted, you know, I mean, I know how you feel about Hanselman, so I don't even know if you even considered it. No, I, fact- I did, but, yeah, it's um, – I kind of disavowed it. Uh, okay. I don't know why, but because it's been reprinted a bunch of times and it's 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 – I, I can't. I, it's 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 strange. Yeah, it's we all have that 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 justification. We we all make those those reasons. So it's it's. I get it. It's fine. It's in I a didn't... totally different. That's like voting for like, uh, you know, Dark Knight, or Dark Knight Strikes Again, or or Born Again. Like something that's so near and dear to your heart. It's it almost doesn't belong in a favorite reprint edition. Like it should be in a in a favorite all time comics edition, right? But I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I didn't even. Uh, it's weird. Sorry, I didn't consider it. That's cool. Yeah, but what I did consider was the next category is the favorite fantasy book, right? Ooh, yes, you did. You know, you, you really didn't consider it. You knew what was going to win for you. Oh, it's disturbingly easy. This was <laughs> this was like the number one easy peasy category. Oh. I think uh, we changed the categories around just so you could have this. We yeah, did for, for first time listeners. If if you're not aware, um, we always had. First of all, we pared down the the categories a bit this year. We have 24. We used to have close to 30, but in in spite of paring it back, we actually in this case expanded it because we used to do sci-fi fantasy as one. And um, I, Vince was very much an advocate for splitting them up, and and then many of our listeners were as well. So this is the first year we have a separate category for fantasy comics. And sci-fi comics. Yeah, and I think Much it works out well. Much yeah. yeah. Well, there were 43 unique vote-getters, uh, but we're only going with three of them, two pretenders and the real winner. Um, in in number three, uh, third place, we have Conan. No slouch with uh, 6% of the votes. The meet in the middle is Once and Future, uh, which Frank spoke about, uh, got 8%. Of the vote, and well in the lead with 17% of the votes is the last god. And wouldn't you know it, that's what I went with. It's uh, book one of the Fellspire Chronicles, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Ricardo Federici. A super meaty meal every time it comes out. Uh, giant chunky back matter that'll take you forever to read um and, and it's pan genre i think it says fantasy and it looks fantasy but it's there's a lot of horror in it too 
So um, it, it's just one of those super, super bang for your bucks book that um, it was to me. Like I, I didn't even uh, – the, the visuals, Federici's visuals are just so amazingly detailed and uh, they just – they're captivating. I was like uh, not to you know, uh, poo-poo Philip Kennedy Johnson. It's a great story too. It's uh, cardstock covers. Like this is a complete freaking package from Black Label. And that is why it is clear to me that this was my favorite fantasy book of the year. Uh, seeing as, as how this fared, I, I think I need to read it uh, beyond the first issue. Because I read the first issue and it didn't click for me. Mm. And uh, I feel like I was clearly in the minority this year, as we'll soon see. Um, that said, I, I actually, because I guess I didn't read The Last God uh, beyond the first issue, for me, it was a pretty easy choice as well. Uh, and I, I went in a direction that uh, neither Vince nor the audience went, and that is with uh, Ascender. Now, this shouldn't surprise anybody that, that knows me because Jeff Lemire has been in Maya Klosker's ballot more times than he hasn't been. Huge fan of his work. Uh, this okay. is, of course, the follow-up. Uh, it's Jeff Lemire and uh, Dustin Nguyen on art. Uh, it is the, the direct sequel to Descender, which um, would have... Descender was a science fiction book, and part of the conceit here is that even though it's the same set of characters in the same universe, it has now become a fantasy book because all technology is basically destroyed and they're now in a world of magic. So, uh, yeah, very much enjoyed Ascender. It was a late it was a late winner for me because I had let Ascender stack up like since its start and uh, read the whole the entirety of the first 14 issues maybe about a month ago. And uh, yeah, so fantastic. And it'll probably be in the running for me next year as well, I'm sure. Well, Jason, I'm super proud of you for choosing that one in the fantasy category and not uh, science fiction, like a certain percentage of some people. <laughs> I know, but you know, again, like people are creatures to have it. They 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 think of it as a continuation of Descender, yeah. and, and it's which is, yeah, it yeah. definitely has a little bit of both. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're incorrect. The correct choice was the last one. <laughs> Well, these are favorites, my friend, so there's no incorrect. <laughs> I don't know. On this one, I, I feel like there's a correct choice. And it's right? Like, uh, this is, like, so obvious that, yeah. that it's the one. Okay, dicks. That's all right. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, there's enough back matter in this thing to just crush your soul. So well, You guys lost me at back matter. See, like, like <laughs> when you both cite back matter is one of the reasons you picked it. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm not eating this. Yeah. It's, it's not necessary I mean, for me. And then, like, Daps asked me about back matter with the fucking event. Like, I don't know what the back matter Like, Back matter is inconsequential to me. Oh, and it's anyway. easily, like, a, a good quarter of the books at times. You know, you can right. speak 10, well, 15 minutes. Love. So it's all good. Uh, I love the book, obviously. I've been on it since the beginning. Um, my boy uh, Brian Newberry and Vince, they, they got me hooked on this thing. And I don't know. There's, there's just no better high fantasy in comics than, than right. The Last God. You're correct. What other book have you read last year that had the musical notation for a song that appears right. in the narrative? Like, come on. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. And maps, maps and, all over well, the place. You gotta have the maps. Yeah. Jason's gonna drag me from back. I'm just asking if it fits, if, if you looked at it, if it visually looks like. I, I know I don't expect you to read the back matter book, but, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it really was a no brainer this year. It was it was the last guy for me as well. There's just there no two ways about it. I I didn't I didn't read a ton of fantasy work to begin with, but anything would have had a struggle to try to take this trophy from the last god yeah you know we like to keep an eye on uh when we're all copacetic here 
and it rarely happens, but when it does, it's a it's a reason to rejoice. And I would just like to say that Jason just defecated in the bed for this one because <laughs> we, we would have had a beautiful sweep. We'd all been dancing and giving high fives, and Jason just just screwed it up. I will say we have fewer sweeps than we normally do this year. Yeah. Yes. I think there's only one, and uh, and we'll see about that. But again, uh, you know, I, I I would categorize this as probably something that in a month or two I'll say like, oh, I I read the last guide, you guys were all right. I, I I read the first issue, it didn't connect with me in that day, but you know how that yeah. is sometimes. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. Um, but but I will say that anytime this many of you who I love with all my heart and trust your opinion have universal praise for a book it's it's it would be shocking to me if i didn't connect with it so i, I will i will revisit it i hope so i think i think you'll like it that's good and then he'll bring back the new to you category just so he <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> yeah. hey I'm wait a minute did you guys ever i know i know because there's so many things i would want to put in there but anyway. well who took it out anyway I did because I was trying to pair it back. Mr. Yeah. Producer wants the show to be tight. So. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't want oh, it to be yeah. tight. I want it to be relevant. New to you yeah, is no, perfect. I mean, the new to me and the news, were that was the thing. It was like the new to me, obviously, we'd have 200 different submissions because everyone reads something. And, and even ours were. So, yeah, it, it makes it, – it doesn't really fit in a, in a year in – a, in, a, in a format where we're reviewing the year. Yeah, so. All right. So how about this? Next episode, or or the the closest episode we can, we do for 2020 our favorite new to me. That, that it's unique to the three of us. Nobody has to vote on it. Everybody else can listen off at home, and we just get, go deep on it. That's good. Love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who's next? You, uh, that. Just right. Uh, just just because apparently y'all so deep into the grape, you haven't caught on. If you're the last person to go in a category, yeah. you're up for the first. Semester. I know. I, I realize that, and I I know I'm the last person. I, I know, yeah, th- that, and I know I follow Frank. So if I, it, I know I can zone out if you and Vince talk. So as soon as I hear Frank, I know I got to be ready. <laughs> that's bathroom break uh, time. That's <laughs> so up next, we have your favorite adventure comic and 44 different titles. Uh, we're throwing in the mix for this, starting with third place with seven percent. Once in Future, which Frank talked about. 10% came in second place with Firepower by Kirkman and Somni. And in first place by the listeners, 22% is Adventure Man. And um, this one went, um, I, I went with uh, 10% of the voters. Mine went to, uh, to Firepower. I talked about it recently. Um, this was another one where I was figuring some things out towards the end of the day and um and it just it, it just clicked when when it comes to adventure style books i really 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 like especially i mean because of chris's work um he it, the, the movement there uh the whole idea of it from from the prelude to to the sixth issue uh to date it's um it has it, it's been one hell of an adventure and i hope other people read it as well so look at you going with two kirkman books this 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 year right the 2020 is fucking weird Holy shit, what a crazy what? year yeah it's it crazy crazy if mark miller's your creator of the year i'm walking out did he do anything this year no right <laughs> oh my favorite adventure book again it's a no-brainer uh i talked about it briefly in episode 701 but this is uh it's the running gag it's one of my favorite titles and i almost never talk about it on the show 
uh, for Just Cause because the uh, the back matter and the mythology is way too deep to just scratch the surface. You got to dive in head first on Fred Perry's Gold Digger. By far, hands down, uh, it, it, the distance between my next favorite adventure book is from the Earth to Uranus. Uh, so yeah, Gold Digger, love it. Everything about it. It just it, it, Gold Digger makes my heart sing. That is the most on-brand pick uh, for you of every year. Yep, it's right on brand. Um, well, I went with the audience, which, by the way, the audience twenty-two percent. That's one of the bigger vote getters of the of the year. Some some years we'll have like forty, fifty percent some categories, but uh, but but not this year. But yes, I also went with Adventure Man. Uh, listen, Adventures in the fucking title, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, written by Fraction, drawn beautifully by the Dodsons. Um, this is the book I I started at the, at the beginning saying that I. Uh, actually, it was my pick for best thing I read this week three different times. Um, I just thought it was every bit as awesome as as you could imagine. It looked great. It was super well paced. It was thoughtful. The characters were memorable. The character designs were awesome. I just I felt like the Fraction and Dodson's just really clicked together. And uh, I really do hope, and I think we are going to get more. I really do hope we're going to get a lot more uh, from them. It's I don't know that we've had any official word but it would be really disappointing because they they left us on a big cliffhanger so hope we get more in the future adventure man yeah i can't uh, can't agree with that more uh, call me call me a sheep i'm i'm voted the same way as jason and the listeners adventure man my top adventure book for 2020 uh i mean i can't really add anything to what you said there jason it's all spot on it's a, a wonderful book um definitely one of the more light-hearted adventure books um, that I've read in a long time. Um, obviously, the Dodsons knock it out of the park in the art category every time. Um, just had a lot of fun with the steampunk um, themes and the you know the pulpiness of the whole thing. Um, Fraction, I hadn't been that high on in a long time, and this book really raised him way back up in my mind um, to you know his, his early sex criminal stuff. You know, that I fell way off of him for a while, so... Yeah, right, right there with you, but enjoyed it. My yeah. man. See, I feel like Jason on Last God now. Yeah, you're the odd man out. Oh yeah, dude, it's so pulpy. I mean, I thought you'd be it, so it, proud. Yeah, of you would. You, you would love it. I mean, no, I, I read issues one and two. There, there was okay. no love. So oh. wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be that guy, but uh, yeah. didn't enjoy it. No. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. it's beautiful. Yeah, and and the designs are the character and. Uh, uh, designs and, and the illustration are just <laughs> amazing, but no, I, it just felt like regurgitated Alan Moore, America's best comics pastiches to me. Uh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Uh, my, it's only my opinion. Who cares, right? Let's continue. Well, there's only two more issues, so you're probably you're probably better off just moving on. <laughs> just move well, on. let's let's move on to the next one as well. Uh, next category is favorite horror comic. Uh, we had 44 different nominations in this category. Uh, listeners, third place vote. John Constantine Hellblazer with 8%. Uh, second place vote is Something is Killing the Children, 12%. And the first place vote, Gideon Falls at 14%, which is uh, actually a surprise. I, I really like that book. I just wow. think it was still pulling that much uh, pulling that much steam. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, my pick was... Was none of those, um, although I really did like something is killing the children, uh, but not my favorite horror book of the year. Uh, there was there was a ton of horror to choose from last year. I I think I read probably fifty percent of my 
pull list and my Regina was horror based books. I mean, you had Hill House, you had all kinds of great things last year come out that that could have been on this list. Um, for me, though, it, it ended up being a book that I probably could have double slotted as an anthology, but this book really was just way high on my creep out scale. And if I'm going to read horror in a comic book, I'm not expecting to be terrified. Like Vince said, you're not going to get terrified by something on the on the page, but it's going to creep me out. It's going to you know make me think about it later. It's it's going to give me some maybe some nightmares. That would be great. Um, but this book for me was Venus in the Blind Spot by Junji Ito. Yeah. Um, man, just loved this book. Um, he uh, he didn't write every single story in there. He adapted a couple from uh, Rampo and Richard Hitchens, but. He really took them all and ran with them in his style, and <laughs> every single one of them is just creepy. I mean, they're they're just literally creepy. Even yeah. the even the little, I mean, quote unquote, cute autobiographical uh, Master Umez and Me story that he did. All the little Itos are terrifying. They're horrible looking. I mean, he draws himself as just this crazy little weirdo. I loved it. Uh, each and every story just had had nastiness and just really made you feel like you had stuff under your skin which is is what i love when i read something like that so that, that was my best horror comic for 2020 nice good choice ito's horror genre napalm like he sticks with you and and if you're going by just the the sheer volume of output all three should be junji ito like the the listeners because the the man produces and, and a lot of it's a re, most of it's reprinted um you like a lot of work uh, and it's he's he's everywhere. And how do you get away from Ito? He's just a master, right? But uh, there are other things out there. As uh, who's next? We'll tell you. Uh, I will tell them. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't read a lot of um, of horror books, and and I didn't read um, any Ito this year. I don't think. I, not not according to any of the lists that I've looked at between the slack and my orders. Um, I, I I did read Basketful of Heads and and that would have made my list, uh, except it wrapped up earlier in the year. The plunge uh, had more of its issues. The had it, it pretty much came out all in 2020, so uh, that's what I went with. It's um, may not necessarily be your traditional horror style book, but if I look at all the books I've read this year, it's the one that I think kind of fits closest in that category. So therefore, that's what I went with. Nice. Yeah, I think 2020 was a, a great year for horror. Uh, there was a lot uh, from which to choose. You had a killer year for Joe Hill and the Hill House books. Sure. Um, yeah. With one exception, Daphne Byrne. But let's not beat that dead horse. Two exceptions, anymore. but that's cool. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, let's not beat that, that <laughs> dead horse. Uh, and and you had the, the Ito library over at Viz just keep churning out the great books. Yep. Uh, uh, I can go on and on and on, but um, I went with my heart. Now, when it, I'll be honest, my winner is not Junji Ito, and for it not to be Junji Ito says a lot about my love, respect, and admiration for this creator. Um, it is a uh, collected edition of his self-published books. Came out uh, from uh, Ad House, Mister Critz Pitcher. And you heard both the uh, author, illustrator, and the publisher on our show, episode 676. My favorite horror book for 2020 is Matthew Allison's Cancor, trade paperback. Can't, can't argue with that. Yeah, that's that. wonderful. That is a good one. 
And but but the way you felt about Man of Steel, I guess that's why I didn't consider it for um for my list. It is great, but it is it's also something that I've read before. Sure. Uh and and I and, and I look at it and, and it's weird. I I fucking love Matthew's work because of the shit he does with microns, but I don't I don't as I read it, I don't know if I ever it, it's freaky as hell. But I don't know if I've ever looked at it as a horror book, but it it's I think it it fits. I I I agree with you. Yeah, same dap. I didn't um, when I saw that. I didn't really even consider it that way when I read it. It could have been in a couple other categories for me, but yeah, it's it's definitely freaky as hell. For Can't sure. Argue with that. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I agree with everything that that Frank and Vince said. I mean, for me, this year was a year of horror comics. I mean, I by far the hardest genre to pick this year for me because I read just a a a ton of of horror comics. Um, you know, I, I guess I do a lot each year, but but this year just in particular because I think, like you said, Vince, the the Hill House stuff was all great. You know, um, uh, we had multiple Ito books, which which you know we just talked about Ramina the other day. Um, you know, even things like Immortal Hulk, I think, could account in this category, and that oh, yeah. continues to be awesome. And uh, you know, Ryan Lee's Mountainhead and Philadelphia, like there's just so there were literally so many books that I considered, and I, I had I didn't read john constantine hellblazer but i know that a, million, a ton of people voted for that and um the, the the audience's choice gideon falls is i think was my pick last year and i didn't choose it this year just because honestly i'm behind i'm, I'm probably about it, uh, eight issues behind um but maybe if i had been up to date on that it would have been my choice but in any event um i went with something is killing the children uh just love that book uh you know this probably in terms of professional success tinian tynan uh, the fourth. This has definitely been a hell of a year for him um, on both indie and and uh, you know and mainstream work. And uh, this is the thing that 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 most most that I I was most gravitated towards that he did. And uh, as I already said, I mean I love what Werther did with the book. So yeah, that was my choice for sure. Um, all right, so I'm up next with favorite inker, Dap, or penciler inker, someone who inks their own work. Um, and I have no specific rule here on that. Like I, I, some years I've picked a traditional inker. Some years I've picked a, some years I've picked someone who does both. Um, this year for me, I didn't, I didn't really have any pause. This was probably the easiest category for me of the year, um, and I gave it to Sean Phillips. Um, I, I, it's no secret we have been effusive in our praise of Brew Baker and Phillips this year for all of their work, and I think that. While we've always praised them, I, for some reason this year to me felt like their year. Like it was like them taking a victory lap and kind of cementing their places as if they needed to in in the the comics hall of fame. And Phillips has always been one of those guys that every time I, I look at his work, I'm just gobsmacked at how talented he is. But then it's almost like he's so good you kind of forget how good he is. And I don't often think of giving him uh, recognition when we do the Ecloskers, and, and that's a damn shame. But this year, there's just no way that I couldn't give him the long overdue love that I think he deserved from me. And so he is by far and away my favorite pencil, pencil or inker of the year. Can't argue that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, Dap this year has kind of, I've, I've never not paid attention to inkers, but I think, you know, Dap, you you have such a love for the art form that it's really kind of honed my eye in on things the last couple of years and i've really paid more attention to to the traditional inker um you know and the and the artist that that does it all is is impressive to me and there's there's plenty of those guys out there 
you know, if P. Craig Russell had done more than like 20 pages all last year, he probably would have been my number one pick. But um, I did end up giving mine to a dedicated inker, and I went with uh, Rachel Dotson for her work on Adventure Man and X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, it's, I, I'm sure inking over Terry's pencils is not the hardest job in the world per se, but she really does <laughs> bring a lot out of his work. You know, I, I own Terry's pencils and he's, he can be a tight penciler, but she, she does a lot of embellishment. And I think she obviously understands his work in a way nobody else does. Um, so she, she brings a lot out. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed looking at what she did on Adventure Man and, uh, that, that, that made her my pick for 2020. Word up. By the way, uh, I forgot to give the listeners uh, choices. My bust. I was so excited to talk about this category. I didn't give the listeners their love. <laughs> um, so before Dap goes, uh, Liam Sharp uh, came in third place for his work on Green Lantern with 5% of the vote. Uh, with 6% of the vote in second place, a uh, good friend and frequent appearer on these lists, Daniel Warren Johnson. And I was a bit surprised, I don't know about you guys, the winner this year among the listeners with 7% of the vote was Mr. Bilson Kevich. That makes... For his inking on the question book. Yeah, um, or anything by Dennis Cowan. He, that that yeah, makes that's, a lot of sense. They worked, they worked a lot together this year in 2020. Yeah, yeah. And there were 54 uh, individual or d- distinct votes uh, in that category. So, all right, handing it back off to Depp. Sorry about that. Little uh, little logistical snafu there. That's... Uh, no, that's okay. And... um. And yes, Sinkevich is, is is fucking awesome pick. Um, and and I think because I just <laughs> they, they, they just go together. And and yeah, I mean, I had I was looking at things and question came up, and you know there was that milestone uh, one shot, and and there were there were there are definitely reasons why for Sinkevich to have been on my list. Um, and 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 he wasn't it. That's just it, almost like. Again, that goes back to what Vince was saying about the Man of Steel. It just it just elevated beyond that. But um, to what Frank said, the the Dotsons, they're they work together. I, I liken them to the way um, Mark Farmer brings out Alan Davis's pencils. They they just he does something. I mean, he does something that most pencilers, but. Davis and Farmer are beautiful together, as as are the Dodsons. My anchor, uh, I, I try to, I tend to give this to anchor specifically, uh, and and this year I went with Joe Prado because he. I, I was going through the Superman issues uh, earlier today, and um, and and what he does over uh, over Vice is uh, it's stunning. I I just. I stare at the uh, the line work more than anything else, and it's I, I'm re- and, and and he's another one who's who's a really nice dude. I met him at uh, Heroes the 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 last time we were there, and um, yeah, I, I happy to see that uh, that he's been on Superman doing such a fantastic job. So Joe Prado is my favorite inker of 2020. Well, if you've been taking uh, track of my votes at home over the. Uh... 12 years we've been doing this i have never ever given the nod to a traditional inker ever okay doesn't happen uh and this year is uh more of the same my favorite uh penciler inker is uh matthew allison who does uh stupid things with micron pens just just ridiculous work um, and again, episode 676, if you want to hear commentary from the horse's mouth, 
Um, Matthew's in a category with very, very few others in my mind. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, lick him behind the ear, but he's, in my mind, he's that good. He's almost untouchable. So I had to give him the nod. There was one or two other ones that I was considering for this, but Matthew's so far away from them that it's just I had to give him the nod. It, this is a, a, we're voting from the heart, so. I can't disagree, man. That uh, his his work with those pens is incredible. It's insane. But I want I want to just hold him by the hand and say, "It's okay. Try a brush. Just try the brush. You don't uh, have to use it. It's it's got to be. I mean, he's going to get freaking carpal tunnel or something because the that, that was my first thought when I when I read Kankor was this this guy's making my wrist hurt. Right? What, what yeah, it's it's crazy. But he pulls it off wonderfully. It's just amazing uh, stuff to look at. Yeah. What's next, Vince? Uh, me? Look at this. <laughs> I get to tell you the favorite science fiction comic for 2020. 48 individual uh, items were voted upon. In the third place was Ascender. And this is uh, the... Uh, verboten one that frank was talking about with six percent of the vote uh in second place was hedra with seven percent of the vote and number one with a whopping 12 percent of the vote it is wait a minute i lost my page here oh decorum it's crazy i've never read that yeah, I mean, it, it, it's Hickman's new book. I, I read the first issue. I have all the other issues, but it's kind of in, like, a couple of these others. I just haven't read it enough to consider it. But clearly it, the, the the listenership is is suggesting that I need to catch up with the quickness. Yeah. Oh, oh I see someone changes their vote on this. It's okay. happens. Um, <laughs> my favorite science fiction book for the year and this is a little bit of fancy footwork because i had to stick this gentleman in somewhere because uh-huh. because he means so much to me and this book is more science well no it's equal science fiction than it is horror right so uh if you want to hear more about it episode 717 my favorite science fiction book for 2020 is junji ito's ramina Excellent. Yeah. Can't go yeah. wrong. Mad respect. I mean, and as Vince is alluding, that was my choice until today. So, um, and I'm going to yeah. defer. I'm, I'm going to tell you the choice, but I'm going to defer to any discussion of it until Dap goes. Because I really, you know, he, he, he advocated for this book all year. And I finally, it was the last thing I had allocated to read before I finalized my votes. And I'm damn sure that it was because he was right. Um, and this, that is my favorite uh, sci-fi book of the year was... Uh, from DC's Young Animal, uh, Far Sector, uh, written by N.K. Jemisin with amazing art by Jamal Campbell. And I'll leave it there. Well, that, that one probably could have been mine. And um, I, I really wanted mine to be decorum. I, so I, I, I can see how the listeners went that route. I kind of feel like the book is a little bit of a mess, unfortunately. So I, I won't go too far into that, but I, I don't think... It's um, a pretty mess. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. Um, the, the stuff that uh, what is it, Hiddleston or whatever his name yeah. is, is doing on that yeah. book is incredible. But I don't know. I'll, I'll get into it later on. Um, <laughs> my, sci- my sci-fi book. I'm going to give uh, big props to Caleb Alexander. 
uh, Montgomery. He's I'm going to call him Cable for the rest of the show. McKenzie. If we, if we have any, if any reference to Mr. McKenzie is going to be Cable just because he brought it on himself from the slack. So I can't get it out of my head. But uh, big thanks to Caleb for this title. Uh, Tartars is going to be my sci-fi pick for 2020. Uh, this book is this book is wild. Um, it's something like Dune meets the Fifth Element, uh, kind of meets like ancient Persian artistic sensibilities. It's it's got stuff all over the place. Um, it's got a a great big overarching storyline, and then it's got a really small personal um, thread that works through three different characters. And I feel like each one of those threads right now is is hitting perfectly we're only i think eight issues in but each issue has just been a tight focused um uh spotlight on each of these characters as they move their way through this world and um the the concepts in this book are really big uh the characters in this book are really big um parts of it remind me of something that you know daniel warren johnson might have put together uh, there's a whole lot of um, classic sci-fi elements to this thing as well so i mean if, if it's not on your on your radars, I think it should be. Um, Johnny Christmas is the writer of this book, and he's doing great things. And Jack T. Cole, I've been looking at his artwork a lot this past week or two just to kind of get a handle on on who I think this guy is. And honestly, the best I could come up with is a, a bastard child of uh, Nick Patara, Danny, and Mobius. So take that for what you will. Uh, Tartarus, that's my pick. That's a good pick. Um, I read the first couple of issues. I've been meaning to get back to it. Um, I really, really like the way it started. It's um, it really is. It's it's something I think other people should definitely more people should be checking out. Um, but like my boo, I have to um, I have to go with Far Sector. It was uh, my absolute favorite Green Lantern book of 2020. Um, it looks amazing. I've I've been a fan of Jamal Campbell for a while. Loved his work on Naomi. Um, his uh, his pop ups here and there on um on other Bendis written books have uh have been nice to look at but there's just something about far sector where it it really is it it's everything i love about science fiction it's it's weird alien races it's um there's there's the whole social climate element to it uh it's it's you know joe is is your green lantern in the story she's a cop uh so there's the whole procedural drama kind of element to it uh characters that that feel real uh, regardless of species it's just uh it's a visual feast it's extremely well written uh jemison is is no slosh when it comes to uh to putting words in characters mouths her um her novels are fantastic her short stories are great uh, i hope we get more work from her in the near future she's fantastic on on twitter as well she suffers no fools but it's um it's it's just so good i i uh i hope we get a nice hardcover collection out of uh out of these 12 issues but it's um i i can't wait to see where it goes but it's been it's been a ton of uh that i fun kind of downplays it it's just been extremely enjoyable and um i urge other people to check it out Now, the next category is your favorite crime slash mystery comic. Twenty-eight different nominees appeared for this. In third place, yeah, on, the on the low end, seriously. And uh, and I'm really surprised. Well, 
That's not true, and I'll explain why I don't think it's a surprise. At 9% in third place is criminal. Second place, what I do love, though, is the common denominator with all three of these. Yeah, sweet. Uh, it's, uh, your second place is reckless with 11%, and in, th- in first place, sorry, 39%. Holy crap, is that the highest? Yes. Oh, uh, damn. Yep. Mm-hmm. 39%. Our listeners, first place is Pulp. All three by Ed Brubaker and the father and son, Phillips. And uh, I can't argue with any of those. My um, sweep, dude. It's, uh, you know, it, any, other sweep. Year, any other year you would think that's so odd to see Criminal in third place. But when I looked over the list to find out, you know, where things were going to fall for me, there was only one issue of Criminal that came out in 2020. There's only one original issue. Then we got Cruel Summer, and then we got Pulp, and then we got Reckless a few weeks ago. So it wasn't like there was a ton of new Brubaker Phillips material in 2020, but what they did do left such fucking mark, and it's it's insane. And, well, and there is a ton. You're talking 120 plus graphic novel. Two I'm of talking them? about pages. Yes, I'm t- okay. So so there are plenty of pages, but but you're you're waiting between months to get that installment mm. and yeah i mean it's a great installment but you're just you know like you're going it, it you get a nice dry spell in between that uh that, that time you get those but uh but listen hey you know if you're just waiting on criminal for the collected editions then you got cruel summer that's great and and i'm a little pissed because i don't know if you noticed Vince, but cruel summer is taller than yeah, it's all little, the other. It's a little bit taller, yeah. It's taller, it's like, I mean, it's thicker, obviously, yeah, it's a but it's, weird. it's it's but but hey, I'm I'm not bitching. Um, but yeah, my my pick, uh, it was it. I maybe you could flip a coin, but um, when all is said and done, just because of how different it feels from from their other work, I absolutely had to go with Reckless as uh, my favorite crime book of of the year. But, uh, yeah, there's some mystery there, but but for me, no doubt about it. It absolutely went to reckless. Yeah, this um, it was between two for me, um, and uh, we talked about it in episode seven seventeen. I went with reckless, uh, not to fault anybody that did vote for pulp, but I think pulp is a standalone. Reckless is going to be part of a series. Yes, we didn't see the second part of the the series yet, but. I consider Pulp and OGN and Reckless the first trade paper, the first hardcover issue of something that is going to continue. So I went with Reckless. But it could have been Pulp just as easily. When you say it was between two, is Pulp the other one it was between? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I went with the audience here. I went with Pulp, but I'm with you guys. I mean, to me, like, it's hard to separate these these works this year. Um, So I went with Pulp, but... I mean, Reckless is amazing as well. So, and, and honestly, this was, aside from horror, which you already discussed, this was a really deep category for me this year. Um, you know, there was Department of Truth, there was Victor Santos's Against Hope, and then there were two volumes of November. Um, and I think any of those were good enough that uh, they would have factored in my choices in a typical year. So this was a really strong year, I think, for crime comics. And... Uh, but man, it's Brubaker Phillips for me this year, man. That's yep. they crushed it. That's got to be the odd man out. Yeah, I mean the Chris, outlier. 
appreciate you guys having me on the show and maybe this might be my <laughs> first and last time it's cool first time I pick here so uh, but you know thank you Jason for mentioning Department of Truth uh, that that ended up being my favorite uh, I guess more of a mystery book for for 2020 sure um, I love the Brubaker stuff you know I mean don't get me wrong I, have, I think I liked Pulp um, the best out of both of those two books I think they're both incredible um, something about Department of Truth though hits me right in the wheelhouse. Uh, conspiracy theories, you know, X Files level paranoia, urban legends, reptilians. <laughs> you, you name the you know the the conspiracy theory that this floated around Locking out there. the flat earthers. Oh man, uh, I love it. Uh, you know, again, it is tiny. Um, if you're seeing a theme here, um, he, he's done a lot of really a lot of really interesting things with this book that I didn't see coming. And honestly, um, the third issue of this title really floored me. Um, I can't say that it would have been my favorite issue of the year, but there's just something about that third issue that's just like Romina. It's one of those books where when you read that, it's going to stick with you for a real long time and probably not in a great way um, just because of what he does in that issue. So um, I love that he's got a great long game going on with this book as well. It it doesn't seem like it's going to be monster of the week. Uh, per se, which I'm fine with that. Uh, I am an X-Files aficionado, but uh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got coming. And I think he's going to, he's going to smash a whole lot of people with this book, especially those flat earthers. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's going to carry us off into the next category of a favorite uh, original graphic novel. Um, This category, we had 38 different votes. Uh, Listeners, third place vote. We had dragon hoops at 4%. Listener's second place vote, uh, Reckless, at 6%. Seeing a trend here. Uh, Listener's first place vote is Pulp, at 32%. Um, Back-to-back, very impressive. Those great big vote totals there as well, both categories. Um, And again, I'm I'm bucking the trend, so it's been nice talking to you guys. It was fun while it lasted. Fun while it lasted. Uh, My my choice for this category, though, was was another book that really just... um, hit me in a way that I didn't think it was going to. And that book ended up being um, Jack Kirby and the Epic Life of the King of Comics uh, by Tom Scholey. Uh, man, what a wonderful, what a wonderful piece of work he put together here. This, this book is so many layers to it and it really opens up, you know, Kirby, the man, uh, I'm sure pretty much everybody's familiar with Jack Kirby and I don't, uh, I don't really worship at the altar of Kirby. I, I appreciate all that he's done for comics, and I, I do enjoy his work. It, it took me a long time to get a a true appreciation of what Jack had done in comics. I, I didn't grow up really loving his stuff. As a matter of fact, my my first memorable comic was an issue of Commandy where there's a killer whale trying to kill him on the cover, <laughs> and that thing scarred me for life. I think I picked that book up when I was four or five years old, and I, I was terrified to open it for, for years. Nice. So, so yeah, Kirby kind of scared the shit out of me for a while. But um, this book and the way the way Sholey presents his his life as as just a human being was, was incredible to me. I, I loved every aspect of it. And there's there's a few parts of the book that again, just the the panels when you get to them. You guys talked about it on the show when when you had him on um, when he has the heart attack and you get to that panel that's just solid red, and you can tell it's just a you know such an immense moment in time in his life and it just nothing needs to be said it's it's just a single panel one solid color and then the the panel when he passes away just solid black i mean those those two panels could you could just sit there and look at that emptiness of the panel and just feel all the weight of what happened 
um, in this part of this man's real life story. Uh, so th- that, uh, as far as any other graphic novel of the year, that one really, really made it for me for 2020. That's awesome. Um, there, there were some that uh, I considered, uh, but then I, I, I backed the Kickstarter. Um, one of the only ones maybe this year, but or last year, and I read the damn thing as soon as I got it in one sitting and. Uh, even without, you know, any of the swag that it included, even without the, uh, the peach Kickstarter exclusive variant cover, um, the insides are what matter. And, and the inside of Paris 2119, uh, it, it, it absolutely just basically ticked off every box. Uh, it, it's, it's got the Blade Runner vibe. It, it, you know, it's reminiscent of, of Black Mirror the way, you know, some people, live their life and, 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 um, uh, care for what you wish for kind of things. And, uh, the, the art is, is absolutely fantastic by, um, by Bertel and, uh, Zepp tells one fantastic story. I, I can't, uh, I can't really knock anything about it. Uh, except that it's, that it ends. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a short story, but it's just, you know, I, I finished it and I wanted more. It's a complete story, but I still want more of this world of these characters. Um, even though for all intents and purposes, their story's over. Um, I, uh, I hope other people do get a chance to read it. It is published by, um, by magnetic. Uh, it's, um, it was one of my favorite things of the year period, regardless of what category it might have fallen into um i was happy to have read it um i uh really can't gush any more about it paris 2119 is hands down my favorite original graphic novel we talked about my choice in episode 688 it was the standout for me because i uh i could wrap my head around the motivations of the protagonist, uh, one Max Winters, he's um, that long ride is is coming to the end. He's getting you know towards the sunset of his existence, and he just wants to do one last good thing, just right one wrong. And uh, the the man is an artist; he's a wordsmith. Um, and I'm talking about Pulp by Brew Baker and Phillips, and uh, the reason why I, I put it into this OGN category is because I am pretty confident we will never see uh, this reality, these characters ever again. So it is a one and done. Um, And it's the best single uh, issue story I read uh, that falls under the OGN category. So I I went with my heart. Brubaker and Phillips Pulp. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. You and the audience saw things the same way, bro. It's nuts. I I, I feel right. like maybe I'm doing something wrong. Nah, you're on it this right? year. Such uh, a sheep. Such a sheep. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for, for me, always a tough category, but I went with Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant work, uh, published by Boom, um, written by Ryan North. Well, adapted by Ryan North, obviously written by Kurt Vonnegut, of course, but but uh, with uh, Albert Montes on art. Uh, talked about it at length. Uh, a month or two ago, just loved every bit of it. I just think Slaughterhouse Five is a book that everybody 
should read. It's it's one of the great anti-war works ever uh, in any form. And, and I just think that this was, as I said when we reviewed it, I, I thought that this was, as far as graphic novel adaptations of novels go, it was one of the best ever in terms of capturing all, I think, the important nuances of the novel itself in, uh, in, in graphic form. I don't think it, it didn't, it didn't feel any less significant or, or miss any of the key moments of the book. Uh, and that's hard to do. So yeah, uh, pretty easy choice for me this year, actually, uh, Slaughterhouse five. Um, so up next, I have the, the joy of, uh, leading you through, uh, everybody's favorite limited series of the year. Always a tough one because there's there's a lot of limited series that come out, um, <laughs> intentional or otherwise. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised this wasn't all King in Black stuff. I guess everybody's saving that for next <laughs> for, for 2021. Oh, it's um, for sure. But uh, but no, all, all jokes aside, 42 different category uh, choices uh, with five uh, percent of the vote coming in third place. A book that all of us very much loved. Uh, the question, death, the deaths of Vic Sage. Uh, in second place, with a very impressive 11% of the vote, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And with an, uh, a very impressive 19% of the vote, people showing their love for one of the EOC family members, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson's Wonder Woman Dead Earth was the, uh, the audience's favorite. That was not, however, my favorite. Uh, my favorite was the second place book, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Um, Written by Matt Fraction with uh, amazing art by Steve Lieber. Uh, Twelve issues. We talked about a lot of those issues on the show. Thought it was just a brilliant series. Fun, well-paced. Each issue stood on its own. Was unique and distinctive, but the whole thing had a great narrative. I just I thought it was everything a limited series should be. And uh, you know, twelve issues is like a maxi series, I guess, if we're talking. But these days, I'll allow it. Right? Like it seems like some of the very best limited series these days are 12 issues you know you had the tom king stuff and then now this so um this was actually pretty easy for me i i, I like this is the first thing that came to my mind and we were filling out the the ballots and it just it stayed in that spot so i'm gonna have to get to that one one of these days uh, you guys have always spoken highly of it i know dap you loved it so i guess it's going on the stack somewhere <laughs> but um i'm hoping with this one i can redeem myself in the eyes of the listeners uh, my my choice was also from that that lovable newcomer, Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth. It was my choice for limited series this last year. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say a ton about this for for reasons, but I mean, a phenomenal piece of work from Daniel. I just everything that he put into this book is just the next level up from the last thing that he did, and and obviously that's that's a pretty high level to begin with. That's true. Um, I can't get over the fact that every time you you look at a page from this guy, it looks like a you know like a one second clip out of a gigantic action movie, and, and the next page is the exact same thing over and over and over. Um, so I've, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this one. It's absolutely the best limited series for me last year. I, I've read it two or three times. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I I uh, I'm I'm with Jason here. Uh, I will say, you know, when we justify our reasons for how things are picked if if i know it has a definitive ending if 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 they're coming out and saying you know this is a 12 issue series a four issue series whatever um it would be a uh it's a limited series it would make it on that list when, when far sector is done if 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 most of the issues ended in, in in that year that would be but as as jason said it's it's fun books also funny i mean yeah i vince and i 
can never get over, you know, is this your card? But don't even though that happened a year prior, uh, that 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 attitude, that personality just just continued. And um, you know, it's it's one of the it, between this Adventure Man, um, other stories in in various Superman anthologies. You know, Fraction was in the running to to be one of my favorite writers this year. Um, but uh, from now on, whatever I whenever and, and and yeah of course november but um this is the book that i'm going to be comparing future fraction things to i think it's just it's i i obviously he can bring the funny uh we know he can bring things that are a little serious and drama filled but um it just there were things about this that just brought me back to the fun parts of the silver age uh libra's art is fantastic it was definitely fitting of of the story uh, superman didn't look um out of place didn't look like you know he was a member of uh coming out of archie comics but it just it it definitely fit in with the uh the vibe and and tone of the book and not that superman showed up too often but still uh it was a jimmy olsen story truly and an olsen family story um it's not necessarily something i would consider the fraction to to tackle but it absolutely he just he he made it work uh it it as Jason said, it's standalone. Each issue kind of stands alone. The story itself is is separate than everything that Bendis was doing, even though it tied in slightly, and and even uh, events that happen in it trickle into um, the end of Bendis's run on the Superman universe. But uh, it was this one wasn't really all that difficult for me. It was, uh, it was very easy for me to pick Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen as my favorite limited series that finished in twenty twenty. Yeah, that's the kicker, isn't it? Finished in 2020. Yes. Because I could not go with my heart on this one because my favorite miniseries or limited series did not finish in 2020. That fucking seventh issue had to come out in January of 2021, so I could not go with my gut. But I went with my second choice, which is no slouch. Uh the idea of watching Diana rip out Superman's skull and spine and using it as a weapon to beat the crap out of Kaiju. My God, yes. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that, right? So my favorite uh, limited series for 2020 is Wonder Woman Dead Earth. It was awesome. Just visceral, uh, kinetic, uh, complete action romp from the first page with many surprises and the format, I love the black label oversized format, especially yeah. when Daniel Warren Johnson is at the helm because it showcases the amazing things that he can do with just black ink. Like, wow, it, there's, there's, uh, I, I love the pairing with Cheetah and Cheetah has a little bit something going on. It's just, it's an, if you haven't read it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The hardcover's nice. The, um, yeah. When you take the, Dust jacket off the uh, the hardcover itself is it's is, better is really nice yeah I think so yeah yeah, yeah I prefer it over I mean it, not that the Wonder Woman isn't uh, threatening or frightening on on the cover on the dust jacket but I, I like just the the plain hardcover um, and it emphasizes the fact that Diane is not perfect she screwed up and now and now she's yeah. atoning for all those mistakes uh, I'm trying to think well. What's the seventh issue? What what would have been your pick? Death metal. Oh well, 
Okay. I, come on. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Am I? Oh, it, it, this, I'm up. You are up. All right. Uh boy. Favorite. Oh, well, I'm redeemed. Favorite new comic for 2020. 38 unique vote getters. Uh, the listeners loved Rorschach because it was uh, in third place with 8%. They loved more Department of Truth in second with 9%. And streaming up ahead is Kirkman and Somney's Firepower with 14% of the vote. Now, if you want to hear me talk about my vote getter you can listen to episode 679 699 707 713 and 716 <laughs> I, I feel like you could have just done whichever episode we kicked off the year with dash last week i just know. control yeah, it well i i can't front um i loved it um uh, i gotta be me and this is the thing that captured my attention most last year. I'm not going to say it it won over my heart the most because that's reserved for the work of, um, well, three uh, people now. But this is the one that was on my lips for almost the entirety of 2020. Yeah, yeah, it was on Ri- brand, yeah. Written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Greg Capullo, inks by Jonathan Glapian, with colors by uh, Mr. Placencia. I'm, of course, talking about Dark Knight's death metal yeah i i just think it's you know you may have issue take issue with this word but i think it's flawless it is the kind of comics i it's the kind of it's the kind of comics look i know you guys don't plug in and i don't it doesn't really matter to me it's the kind of comics i want to see coming out of dc i want to see these silver age no holds barred. Anything is possible. Just uh, comics should be ridiculous romps. That's what yeah. it is. I'll co-sign up. Yeah, it is that. That's true. That is true. I, I but before I give my pick, I have to say like the audience clearly uses different parameters for this than I do. Like I I I can't vote for something that doesn't have at least an arc. Like like it, <laughs> I mean, if it's a one shot or a limited, like but if 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 it like I, like two or three issues into an ongoing or like a twelve, I can't I can't vote like that. I don't understand that. But but hey, to each his own. Um, y'all keep doing you. Um, my favorite new comic was uh, was started and completed this year. Uh, the first arc there it is an ongoing though, so we will get more. And that is uh, I've already given it a, a, a prior award. That is Adventure Man by Fraction of the Dotsons. So, Excellent. Well, I guess like new comic doesn't literally mean brand new, right? Like didn't pick it up off the rack two weeks ago, and that's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to put on your ballot, right? Uh, my new, my new comic is uh, something Jason's already spoken about uh, this evening as well. Uh, my favorite new comic for last year was something is killing the children. Ah, uh, yeah, boy. Werther Deladera. Um, I mean, what else can you say about this thing? It's for me, like as far as a horror comic goes, like you really can't you can't do a whole lot better than playing on your like childhood fears of the dark and the stuff that you can't see that's out there is actually out there, mm-hmm. uh, and that's exactly what this book is all about. Is all that stuff is real because you believe in it, and, um, and that's terrible. Nobody wants to actually accept that as fact, and that's what this whole book is. The, the premise is based on. Yep. Um, so I think, I think Tinyan's got some great horror chops, and I think he really plays on our 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 base fears very well. Um, you said it earlier, Erica Slaughter. What a cool character! Oh uh, hell yeah, a, yep. like, iconic 
character. I mean, you can't really go wrong with anything that uh, Deladera has come up with in this book so far. Even the monster designs. I mean, they're they're so far they haven't been extremely varied, but they're they're creepy. They're they're, they're I wouldn't want to see that thing in the dark if it was going to come up and chomp me in half. So um, that's my book, uh, my new book for 2020. Nice. Uh, I went um, in uh, our listeners' second place pick. I uh, Firepower could have been here very easily. Uh, I felt it, um, for me, it, it, it worked in the adventure category. So I was able to slide Department of Truth in my favorite new comic series that started in 2020. It's uh, that that first issue just had me rolling. Uh, the things that uh, they picked apart and touched on. Um, second issue, maybe not as strong as the first, but the third kind of um, the third was a little bit more in the um, the fucked up realm, uh, talking about uh, school shootings and the like. And you know, it's it's just it's it's not a sunshine and rainbows and lollipops kind of book but it definitely is one that uh that grabbed me and i'm um looking forward to more without a doubt that book really reminded me of uh vince's um when you talked about vampirella a couple shows ago right. about how you could re- you could respect the work and not enjoy it yep uh, that's that's how that third issue was for me yeah i'm i it absolutely will will hit people differently um i i had to um i had to reach out to to my brother because they live in connecticut and my niece i actually found out that my nieces came very close to attending um the sandy hook so um oh yeah it it, it, it a little closer than i wanted to but um but wait now, a minute didn't sandy hook not happen wasn't that a yes, fabric that's right alex jones yes it did not oh happen. okay um but uh it's yeah like i said it's it it, it may take um it, it, some some of the issues may shock you because of where of where james and martin are going and 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 martin's artwork isn't exactly i think meant to lull you into some comfortable place so all in all i think it's uh, it's a pretty solid package um the uh next category with 42 different nominees is your favorite superhero comic and in third place seven percent of the listeners went with thor donny cates and nick klein listeners second pick was wonder woman dead earth for those who had something else for their limited series that was eight percent and 15 percent in first place is x-men by Hickman and company. Uh, I went with. I gotta scroll back up because these aren't in order. Um, isn't it? It's probably no surprise. Uh, and and I'm glad that um, I don't have to consider it a limited series uh, because it is continuing with number twenty nine in March. Uh, Night of Superman um, of the. Bendis books, Superman books, Superman probably. It, visually, it's been the most consistent because the art's pretty much been the same except for the couple of uh, issues Kevin McGuire has penciled. Um, but from um, 
the past year after Clark reveals his alter identity, his alter ego to the world and uh, the other events that happened in his life and with Connor showing up and, and just craziness with Leviathan and everything else. Um, Bendis did not go easy on the character. Um, it It's just been, it's still, I mean, and, and as I'm reading uh, the Burns reboot, kind of currently with it, um, a lot of it just kind of, uh, it feels the same in the sense that I'm, it, it, uh, you can go home again more or less and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm, I'm happy to have, I'm, I'm, you know, don't, don't be upset that it's gone. Be happy that it happened. And, and I'm going to, you know, see where we go. It, it's the story kind of continues with Legion of superheroes, which that wrapped up yesterday, uh, this week and continues sort of, I guess, I suppose in, in the two issues of future statement, we'll see what happens after that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, obviously I was down with it. Nobody's that, that's not a surprise to anybody, but with, uh, my favorite superhero book, when I consider everything that I've read, it was, uh, was Bendis and Rice's Superman. Well, this may be a three-peat or a four-peat for me. Speaking of no surprises. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've, I've, I've uttered these two words in uh, relation to the favorite superhero book many times before, I believe. Um, I talked about it in, uh, and I believe Dap tag-teamed with me, on episode 690, we talk about it all the time in passing, and I and and it's usually in little little bursts, so I don't put it in the show notes. But I love the hell out of Eric Larson's Savage Dragon. Yes, that, we do. Yeah, it's my my favorite superhero book, hands down. That's your comfort food. It is. Yeah, there's no denying that. Um, again, I think uh, I'll look it up, but I, I think you've given that like six or seven times. It's a it's a testament to Larson's uh, consistency. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm with the audience here. Uh, no surprise, you know, I'm I'm in my happiest in the superhero universe when Avengers and X Men are great. So I'm I'm half I'm halfway there this year. Um, <laughs> which, to be fair, is how I usually am. Sometimes I mean it's it's been a minute since they were both must reads, but uh, but no, I mean listen, I I think Hickman's done a phenomenal job um, of the big two that I'm reading consistently. Uh, I'm reading less Marvel. I read less Marvel in 2020 than I probably ever have, and and the majority of of the Marvel that I was reading and enjoying consistently were uh, mutant books. Um, you know, there certainly are a lot of them, and I, I get the criticism there, and I think it's fair that they've expanded the universe as much as they have uh, so quickly. But that said, uh, I think a lot of it is really high quality stuff, and, and X Men is very much the flagship book. It's the most important. It's uh, it, it is the it is the center point of it. I, I can't imagine reading other um, Marvel mutant books right now without reading X-Men, it feels like the one you have to be reading. And, uh, I think it's been great, um, from the first issue throughout. So, yep. Hickman's X-Men. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're right. Uh, X-Men is great. Um, X-Men is best. You know, the, almost the entire X-Line is the best it's been in a very long time. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, probably could have been my pick. I think like X-Men proper for me is just like tonally, there's something tonally about X-Men proper right now that I'm still trying to wrap my head around because it's so different than the, the Hoxpox stuff that it was spawned from. So I had a really hard time making that my my favorite superhero book, even though I probably should have. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna give all credit to my superhero pick, to you know the fans' favorite, Vince, for getting me to read Death Metal. 
Um, I picked up Dark Knight's Metal hardcovers, you know, based on the your evangelizing the book on the show <laughs> and carried that over into the new series. And I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, there's just nothing more ridiculous or more fun or more entertaining than than everything that's gone on in, in Death Metal, the, yeah. the main series and the, the all the tie-ins and everything. Um, it's it's honestly the only event comic that I've literally bought every single tie-in book for in a really long time. Um, and every single one of them has been on some level enjoyable, except for that Speed Force issue. That one was kind of terrible. I didn't like that one at all. <laughs> yeah. My dude. Um, it, it's just stupid comics. Just stupid good comics. Yeah, stupid good. And I think that's um that's kind of where like Snyder's magic is kicking in. It's like he doesn't have a problem being silly. I mean, with like the one-liners or like some of the motivations yeah. for these characters and he's just slapping it out on the page and you know sometimes you feel like he's doing it you know Stephen King style where he's just letting the story write itself. And if it ends up in the place that he he's expecting it to go, well, then thumbs up, you know. But I, yeah. I, I think uh, I wrapped it up and I loved it. I had a great time with it. As far as superhero books go, I don't really think it gets any better if you're just wanting to crack a book for 20 minutes and have a great time with it. Yep. Single-handedly fueling the McFarlane Empire with, with all the action figures coming <laughs> oh out Oh my gosh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So many great figures coming out of that. Well, that's going to scoot us right along into favorite ongoing series. Um, the number of different nominations we had for this one was 47 different Titles nominated. Uh, listeners' third place vote. We had uh, John Constantine Hellblazer at 5%. Listeners' second place vote, X-Men, 10%. And the listeners' first place vote at 12% is the Immortal Hulk, which is also my pick for 2020. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not a better book that's been running since issue number one than the Immortal Hulk out there right now. I mean, TMNT is probably a distant second as far as consistency and and quality of an ongoing title out there on the market right now. But, I mean, book in, book out. You can pick up an issue of Immortal Hulk, and this thing is going to just knock you on your ass pretty much every single time. Um, Ewing is, or Ewing, sorry. Ewing's taking concepts. Every single issue, he's taking some concept with this book and just stretching it out into this massive superhero uh, battle that ends up, you know, playing itself out on the pages. Uh, Bennett, I, I mean, another dude that can just literally draw the most disgusting body horror that you've ever seen, and just you, you just gawk at it. You just can't take your eyes off of it. And I think last year, you know, some of my favorite issues were the Kyle Hotz fill-ins. I don't know about you guys, but it, I, I really enjoyed seeing Hotz on some of those books, and yeah, I think it's a perfect fit. Yep. Yeah. Perfect fit. So yeah, I, as far as uh, ongoing, it doesn't get any better. Mortal Hulk. That that is a good one, and. Um... And you mentioning TMNT, which is also something that I, I was considering um, for my adventure book at a moment for a moment. Um, but as I mentioned, since it is continuing, it's not getting rebooted after uh, Future State. I already mentioned Superman, so that is my uh, continues to be my favorite ongoing series. Sweet uh, episode six fifty six is the one you want to queue up if you want to hear us talk about Immortal Hulk which is my choice for favorite ongoing series for everything that Frank said and the fact that Ewing injects a lot of occult mythology and a lot of um, magic, IK tropes into the, uh, the narrative. And they, uh, I mean, if, if, you're, if you live in that world, 
which I do. You'll you'll understand where he's going. But if you don't, it doesn't impede your understanding of the story. Uh, obviously, it enhances it. But if you don't know about all that stuff, it's really not going to drag you down. Um, and that's what I love about it. You can you can digest the Immortal Hulk on any level. You can just take the surface, the ick of the body horror, or you can you know dive a little deeper in the relationship between Bruce and his father, or you can go whole hog and touch the bottom of the pool and just suck up all the you know the magic realism. It's a great book, and I, I'm glad that it's ending soon. I don't want to see this. Uh, in the hands of another writer or artistic team i don't want to see this perpetuate to the point where i was just like what the hell am i going to do now you know i make it you know make it nice uh, a nice lightning strike 50 issues almost as much as sandman make your mark move on to something else and i think this is going to go down as one of the best hulk runs of all time yeah, you're, you're right. It would be a disservice yeah. to drag to drag this thing out past its you know natural conclusion. Right, and, right. and 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 yeah, I've got a notebook full of stuff that he brings up in these books that I I just need to sit down and finish researching. So too fun. It, it is thesis worthy. You can write a thesis on all of the uh, just the the occult and and esoteric and and magical things that he's included. The tarot alone. You, oh you yeah, could, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with you guys on Immortal Hulk in the sense that the, it was probably my second choice. I, I, I think it was my choice last year. I, I agree. It's, it's, it, the level of consistency we've gotten from these guys has been incredible, and sure. uh, I'll be sad. I mean, you're right, Vincent, that it's, it's, it. I'd like that they're going to go out on top, but I am sad that it's going to end. But, but, but if the alternative was like this, the, them handing it off to another writer and artist, then I'm with you. Like, I, I yeah. definitely like this is, and and I don't think there's any question it'll go down as one of the best. Yeah, not just Hulk yeah. runs, but. I mean, it's 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 easily been one of the 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 best books that Marvel's done in the last decade. Full stop. Yeah, I think. sure, yeah. sure. By the and time it's, it's over, to think our first reaction to it for that first issue, we were all kind of like, "Nah, I'm not uh, sure." You know, we, uh, we fortunately we yeah we revisited it and realized that it was something special going on. So, yeah. Um, By the time it's over, you're going to get five of the premier format hardcovers. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's enough. That's nice. It, sure. it, it, yeah. It's a it's a nice. A uh, chunk of real estate on your bookshelves. You can revisit it anytime you want. Say what you got to say. Smack yeah. her in the ass and get the hell out. It, it, we don't have the time tonight, but it's interesting when we talk about like seminal runs of different characters. And you know, some it's hard, right? Like some it, there there aren't really that many, or people aren't as agree. But then like the Hulk's had a couple men. You know, like that. You know, you obviously the, the Peter David run and like in total, you got the you got the 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 Planet World War Hulk stuff, which certainly when it was coming out, Vince, you were like the world's biggest advocate for and i think yep. justifiably so and now this i mean so it's funny like the hulk has had seminal runs that you could point someone to and say oh, you gotta read this um but anyway uh moving on to uh we're on the home stretch here we've got the the final six categories and um for uh for up next we have favorite artist with 61 different choices not wow. surprising it's always very much a, a subjective thing and generally artists can only draw a book or two a year you know writers can write five or six books so it's 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 not surprising it's a diverse list every year uh coming in with uh five percent of the vote in third place was pepe loras uh always a favorite of mine uh in second place with six percent of the vote uh again a strong showing all evening long we keep talking about the gentleman mr daniel warren johnson uh, and probably not surprising this year in first place with 10% of the vote um, is Mr. Sean Phillips. Um, 
Uh, I, you know, I, I, Sean was my choice for pencil inkler, pencil or inker. Uh, <laughs> I generally try and divide up, like I give favorite artist and favorite pencil inker, inker different to different people, just because uh, I just like I want to spread the love on the art side. Certainly, Phillips is more than deserving of this, but I chose Terry Dodson this year. Always been a huge Terry Dodson fan. Don't think I've ever seriously considered him for the spot before, though. Um, just because, like, a lot of times I like his work more than I like the book he's drawing in, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, but this year was just one of those years where the stars aligned for me. As I've you know, I've talked about Adventure Man a couple times already tonight. One of my favorite, you know, certainly one of my top three or four books of the year uh, in any category. And I think what the Dotsons did, it, it, it's it's not atypical of what the Dotsons do. Like, like it's a very consistent look, uh, and it's very specific to a type of book but uh, i don't know that there's many people on the planet that draw more beautiful women than he does and i i just loved what happened in that book i know it wasn't vince's vibe and that's cool but i i really loved it and and it's certainly among all of the things i've read of terry's um other than perhaps muse it's probably my favorite work so this is the year i'm i'm finally getting a chance to uh to to give some love to terry Excellent pick, yeah. I mean, you cannot you cannot go wrong with Terry Dotson. I, I've got to agree there every single thing you said there, and this is definitely a category where there's not a bad choice, um, not a bad choice all around, and that's probably why I had such a, a hard time picking one this year. I mean, out of you know 61 different uh, nominations, that's where I struggled with it too. Um, I kicked a bunch of different guys around for this one. Um, in the end, it came down to a gentleman that uh, his output wasn't great last year i mean in, in the amount of books that he pu- um, published but you know his page count was pretty pretty respectable but each page um made me sit there and just gawk at it for minutes and minutes and and that was pepe laraz for me last year on all of the uh, ten of swords uh books that he put out um laraz's like design sense and his uh his composition and the way he again like like daniel can can lay out a panel that feels like a snapshot in time rather than just a drawing on a page is, is just phenomenal to me. And, um, I think his, his tarot designs alone probably yeah. would have landed his, yep. his vote for me. I think I want a whole deck of tarot from this guy. <laughs> would not be a bad thing, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it probably cost me a hundred grand to commission it, but Oh, well, it could be incredible. Um, so yeah, Pepe, it was just blowing me away year after year. He did. I, I can't remember if I had him as my favorite, the year before for Hawks Pox, but he probably should have been. Um, I'll never. Yeah, he was my choice it. last year. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, it's totally worthy choice. Absolutely, and uh, I just always lament the fact that he's mostly digital. Makes me want to cry inside. Yeah. Hey man, come to a con with us. He does the commissions, man. He'll he never out. shows up at the ones I go to, so like, I got to get off the that ones West we're Coast. at. <laughs> Try, man. Freaking COVID. I know. I know. Yeah, it's Hero, true. heroes. We'll get there. Um. Yeah, since since uh, we have the categories broken down, I I try to um, I may give this to a penciler, but uh, for the most part, I try to give this to an artist that that does ink their own work. Um, and this year, I, I, I recently talked about catching up with Strange Academy, and I, I was looking at Umberto's covers today and they're all pa- with the exception of one because it's it's pretty much dark focusing on one character they're all packed with uh, with the kids from the school so much detail but the, even the interiors are astounding every every character looks different the 
the academy is uh, is breathtaking. The, the the settings, you know, you you feel like you're in Nolan's. It's it's a beautiful book. Um, Umberto does some great stuff with it. There's Umberto is is an artist who will get me. To, I mean, this is a Doctor Strange book, so it's really not a hard decision for me to make. But Umberto is is a guy who I will check out a book. He's drawing, regardless of of the character, of the story, whatever the hell it's about. Um, I, I adore the man's work, and uh, I'm happy to see him on Strange Academy. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It looks like he's having a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to talk to Scotty again to find out how uh, how much fun it was to work with him and have stories for him to draw. But uh, Humberto Ramos is uh, my favorite artist of 2020. Nice. That's classic. I had a lot of guys in the running and gals. Um but uh, uh, the my choice, I, I feel he's a god, and everybody else is is just uh, an apostle. And uh, Sean Phillips, nobody does it better. Repeat pick for you. Yep. Back to back. Yep. Love never him. Never wrong. It's never wrong. No, love sure. him. Love him to death. And uh, wouldn't you know it? I get to. Uh, Perpetuate the opposite side of the coin with favorite writer. 38 individual choices for this category. In third place with 8% of the votes, it's Jeff Lemire. Wow, this is a strong, strong category. Um, 9% of the votes went to second place Jonathan Hickman. (laughs) What does it mean when Jonathan Hickman wins second uh, place? Well, it means that Ed Brubaker's in first with 11% of the votes. And... um, what what's happening because i i picked again the the same thing that the the readers picked for first place with ed brubaker but it's a clear winner in my in my mind anyway i mean i look back at in 2020 and the 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 stories that stuck with me the characters that seemed the most real and vivid and uh, ed brubaker man uh i don't know how else to put it he, he, you know, if I was in the comic making arena, and and I was a creator, I'd be like Ed, Sean, stop, just take a year off, give some, give a chance for someone else to to at least gain a following. But it's unfortunate. Well, fortunately for us as readers, it's it's not happening. But um, yeah, Brute Baker's super strong, man. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can't disagree with you. I I think for me this year, especially the reason they get the love is that. You know, um, they've always been prolific, but but because of COVID and their decision to move to the OGN format, as a result, we got three distinct stories from them, you know, which we yep. don't usually get. They're usually working on one thing for a bit right. and then they move on to something else. And it's always awesome. But for me, it's just that that's the, the that we got a breath from them that we don't usually get. Um, right. And but so, you yeah. said it best. We take them for granted. And oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and we've been. We've been course correcting that over the years because we have taken them for granted. Like, oh yeah, Brubaker and Phillips do yep. great comics. I would give uh, criminal favorite crime comic or mystery comic just because you know, yeah, it fits. But I, it could fit in in best comic, best creator, yep. best writer. Yep. And and I I think we're seeing that come to fruition this year, where we're just if mm-hmm. we're going to vote from our heart, you got to go with it. You know, regardless of what people may may think, you're stacking the deck. There is yep. a clear winner in a lot of people's minds. Sure. For sure. 
Uh, I was gobsmacked uh, by my own choice for favorite writer uh, in the sense that if I had if I had if this time a year ago you had told me that I was going to pick this person, I would have I would have said there's not a chance. Um, and that's because uh, my choice was Matt Fraction. And Frank touched on it a bit uh, early in the episode where he said that uh, he kind of lost his way with Fraction uh, for a long while. And then this year got back uh, with him a bit. And I'm right there with him, man. Like, like when we started this podcast back 12, 12 and a half, 13 years ago, um, Fraction was 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 one of the it guys for me. Um, he could do no wrong, and especially when he was doing his creator-owned stuff, you know, Casanova and the like. You know, he was a guy that I just couldn't wait to see what he was up to next, um, whether it was at the at Marvel or or his own stuff, you know. And then just somewhere along the way, um, I just lost that love and feeling. I, I was not a fan of, of Sex Criminals, which was really his, I think, most significant work of the last five, six years. And didn't like Odyssey. Just, just for a while, you know, just was like, okay, you know, just not, not feeling it anymore. Um, and then the strangest thing happened. He, he not only came roaring back, but he came roaring back in three very distinct ways. Uh, he did Adventure Man, which I've already given out two or three times tonight. He did... Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, which was a real surprise because he, I thought he had pretty much like like wrote off doing uh, big two books anymore. I, I guess Pendus is a powerful drug. Yeah, Bendis got him to do it exactly because they're good friends. And and I, again, we Dap and I we both cited that as our favorite limited series. And and then a book we ha- books we haven't really talked about, but but we're November and we got two volumes of November. November is going to be a four. It's going to be the fourth volume, fourth and final volumes coming out in twenty twenty one. But we got volumes two and three of his and Elsa uh, uh, cr- crime book. And, and honestly, those books would have easily been my choice for uh, Klosker's in, in, in a lot of years. Um, it's just that this was such a stacked year for crime. So I got three genres from Fraction this year that were all at or near the top of my genre favorites. Uh, and, and like, so when I rolled it all up and I looked at all the things I loved this year, um, you know, it, it was, it was, Bluntly, Fraction and Brubaker were my favorite writers this year, and um, and so Fraction gets my favorite writer. Nice, uh, you nailed it. That's a redemption for Fraction with Adventure Man. I totally agree. Um, I think Odyssey was where he he lost me for good for a long while. Yeah, same. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to have him back on board. Well, um, for for my pick, you know, if you're playing at home, uh, this this guy's already shown up four times for me and my picks. Um, <laughs> Truth. Yeah, my best uh, best writer is going to be James Tanya in the fourth. Um, he's he's put out a lot of stuff, you know, and I can't say every single thing that he's written over the past year has has resonated with me. You know, just like any any artist, it's it's hit or miss at times. But the majority of the things that I've read from Tanya have just have been right in my wheelhouse. He's 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 got me where where he wants me. I'm buying pretty much everything the guy puts out. Now you look at the stuff that he's writing for DC and on his own. Um, you know, between Justice League Dark, which is still my favorite DC book, over the long haul, over there I've been reading that since the first issue, and I love what he's done with that title. Um, again, something killing the children, uh, Wind, which is a great all ages book that I can yeah. kind of sit down with my daughter and read. And Razor Blades, uh, the stuff he's done in Death Metal, he's had a big hand in that. Uh, so you know, not the the series proper, but a lot of the tie-ins, tie-ins had had work in those as well. So um, I can't say that I've I've had any other writer that's been as uh, uh, put out as much work as this guy has, and that I've just loved a, a great you know, percentage of it as as Tiny has. So um, he's my writer for 2020. 
And isn't it amazing that of all of the praise and the work that you've heaped upon him tonight, um, no mention of Batman, right? He's he's he also <laughs> yeah. on top of all that stuff that you've, you've deservedly <laughs> cited as as him having this year. Oh, by the way, he's also been the lead writer of the top-selling superhero book in the world. Exactly, yeah. and that's the one book I haven't even touched yet. Um, yeah, I know, and that that's that's incredible, right? I mean, it's it'd be yeah, that's it's really kind of stupid, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on the list. We'll we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, I kind of uh, I have to echo uh, Vince with uh, with Brew Baker. He pretty much said it all, but even even with. Um, and again, you know, the limited in in air quotes output we got from Ed. Yeah, we we got two original stories in in, in thick ass books, but um, they're also distinct enough. And even though they fit into a specific kind of category uh, as far as genre goes, it, it's still they're still different enough where it each each one. I mean, even. There, there are arcs in, in Criminal that, that, that can feel fresh. But between Pulp and Reckless, we got two um, unique perspectives on on, uh, on the underbelly of, of certain worlds. And, and not everybody is is a nice guy. People are trying to do the right thing. And, and they Ed just tells those stories spectacularly well. So it was easy to pick uh, Ed as my favorite writer this year. And now we are at your favorite writer slash artist who does it all. There were 37 nominees, uh, 37, 37 different nominees uh, in third place. First time I think we're hearing this gentleman's name tonight. It's Terry Moore with 6%. Uh, Jeff Lemire with 13%. And Danny Warren Johnson, again, with 28% in first place. Uh, for me... I went with Sophie Campbell because Sophie's work on the ongoing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book, um, it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, City at War was what it was, but opening up issue 101 and seeing Sophie's line, the the openness, the almost weightlessness of of, of since the event prior was, was so heavy, it just, um, it was, it was beautiful. And each turtle has a you know, different look and, and, and nobody is, it's not like the old Eastman and Laird days where you can't tell which one's really which unless they're holding a weapon. Um, it, it just, it, it looks fantastic. She's telling a great story with, with, with the characters, with the mutants in, in New York city. Um, I, uh, I, I'm a couple issues behind. 113 came out this week, and I know uh, she's back to drawing it, and I can't wait to um, to catch up soon. But but I, I, I could have stopped getting Turtles at the end of the massive arc um, event that, that finished earlier last year, but uh, but Sophie kept me on, and, and I am so glad she did it. it, it, it her work is stunning. Absolutely, 100%. Sophie Campbell, my favorite writer-artist of 2020. Respect that. And I will say, uh, this is a category where the audience, uh, they don't waver much. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel's the, he just, this, he was their choice this year. He's that, he is, he has won this award from the audience uh, three of the last four years. 
And the only time he didn't win it was in 2018 when Jeff Lemire won it, which was Jeff's sixth time receiving the award because he won it the first five years we had the category. So, yeah. I'm sure Daniel will win it next year with uh, Beta Ray Bill. He may well. Uh, he may be my pick. If it's, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah. I almost went with Sophie. Almost. Almost. Because, uh, like Dap, I, I just adore what she's uh, brought to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but I thought she wrote more issues than she drew in 2020. Yeah. I mean, yep. we did yep. a ton of issues, but you're right. She absolutely did. Yeah. So I went with my, my heart, uh, a man who is as uh, cordial and brotherly and, and loving as he is talented. Um, maybe his Christmas card pushed me over the edge. I don't know. You think? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But uh, God but damn, Daniel Warren Johnson is a, a force to be reckoned with. Like I always line up the, the, the men and women for this category uh, of which I'm envious uh, Matthew Allison is always in the running. Sophie Campbell, um, you know, uh, Hanselman, Daniel Warren Johnson. But Daniel has something that uh, there's just a Kirby-esque energy to his work. Uh, there's a, uh, yeah, I'll say the word. There's a crackle to his stuff that uh, it's it's so godlike. And, and, and there's a mythology to his, his approach that I, especially like we're talking Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, of course, but wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very jealous of the stuff that Daniel Warren Johnson manages to get on the page. Mm-hmm. So every, I mean, whenever I can, I will, I will tout the, uh, the, the formidable ability of DWJ to everyone who listens, and that's my choice. Nice. D- DWJ. Amazingly, um, of the three of us, only Dap has ever given the award until now to Daniel Warren Johnson, which is surprising to me. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, you and I have never done it. I mean, I think he's always been in our running, but we've never officially tagged him. So, oh, um, catch up. What's that? Nice yeah, we're, catch up, well, I haven't caught up because he's not my choice. <laughs> right? No, I'm saying yeah. No, I said Vince, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my choice this year, I, I couldn't imagine not picking him. Uh, for me, as we as we said on Monday, one of the things that defined 2020 for me was the work of Victor Santos. Now, admittedly, a big chunk of that was stuff he did uh, before 2020, all the polar stuff. But but he did put out uh, his own uh, graphic novel this year as well, which I discussed when it came out in the summer, Against Hope Through Dark Horse, which I thought was awesome. Uh, basically, uh, a, a book about a... a woman named Hope Walker who kills a bunch of Nazis. It can never be bad. Um, but I just, I fell in love with the dude's work this year. I mean, in every way, shape, or form. You know, I, I, pro- I probably read more Victor Santos comics this year than anyone else because uh, I pretty much read his entire catalog. I, I'm waiting with bated breath for the next thing. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I can't imagine for me, just in terms of my journey of 2020 and what was my favorite stuff, I, I can't imagine not, not giving him this award this year. So Victor Santos. Yeah, what a great pick! What a what a great what a nice guy too, right? Super nice guy. We have the we have we have helped pay his mortgage this year. The EOC family, <laughs> for sure. yes, everybody's yes. done their part. Uh-huh. Well, I uh, I usually give my pick in this category to another really nice guy. Um, he's my sentimental favorite, Terry Moore. Um, he's he's typically my my go to dude in this category. He's usually our first stop at a convention, and he's always been super nice. And he's he's actually my daughter's 
all-time favorite nice. comic book creator and he's and his wife robin just loves my daughter so they they sit there and chat while i just kind of stand there and look awkward at the comic book conventions but mm-hmm. um i did not give it to terry Moore this year so i'm sorry terry um don't take me off your christmas card list but uh this year i also gave it to daniel warren johnson um there there was none there was none better none higher than daniel this this year and doing it all on any book um i like vince said earlier like seriously she rips out Superman's spine and <laughs> beats people with it. And I mean, <laughs> the stuff he was coming up with in this book was just off the wall and out of this world. But not none of it felt, none of it felt like uh, death metal ridiculous. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, it felt like it was just part of what was supposed to happen in this book. Um, you know, she's she's kind of the villain in this book. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it, but too fucking late now. Yep. Um, <laughs> She fucking kills Superman. I mean, what else is there to say that Daniel didn't come up with in this book? And, you know, the fact that he can write a story of this magnitude and execute it on the page the way he did just speaks volumes. So, Daniel Oren Johnson. Nice. So that's going to swing us into our uh, final three categories mm-hmm. of this wonderful show. Uh, we've got Favorite Publisher up next. Um Number of different nominations, and actually for 17 different nominations, that actually still feels quite high. Even for, yeah, I think so, too. It's a high number for the category, yeah. for sure. But um, I think that's a good thing. I mean, that just means there's a whole lot more players out there in the world uh, putting out books. Uh, listeners, third place pick, uh, Marvel Comics at 16%. Second place is DC Comics at 26%. And the listeners, first place, Image Comics at 20%. So that's a that's a great pick. Uh, this This year for me... I'm I'm still like uh, internally trying to reconcile myself with this this selection. I've been a Marvel zombie my entire life. Um, you know, X Men being as big as it is right now and being as high of quality as it is right now, it just I feel like a traitor. Um, <laughs> but uh, my my pick for for this <laughs> DC Comics of all things. Um, yeah, I'm gobsmacked as well. I just kind of want to go punch myself in the in the groin. <laughs> no, but, you're, uh, you're just a, uh, you're an intellectually you're very smart. So I'm you, growing. I'm growing yes. as a human being. Finally, right. so uh, I guess it all it, chalk it up to 2020. Um, we'll 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 put it on there. But um, I mean, in a year of uh, King and Black and Null and Venom and Carnage and all that kind of crap, uh, you know, I was buying stuff like The Last God, Death Metal, Far Sector. Dead Earth, Justice League Dark, every Hill House book ever made. And now I'm pre-ordering a whole bunch of future state stuff, which just blows my Who mind. Who are so, you, Frank? Jesus. I don't right. know. I probably should drink another one of these sours and <laughs> just drown myself in it. But uh, at DC, they're, they're killing it. You know, that black label format, um, the, the prestige formats, the presentation of those books, even the books that didn't necessarily hit the mark like you know the highly the harley book that um Cedric put out um you know not not the best book for a black label release but the presentation and the and the quality of those things are are fantastic and they're, they're kicking the shit out of anything that marvel's doing right now so um that's my that's my favorite publisher for last year uh yeah um when i when i look over the things that i've read this year um whether it's the collections whether it's things like the question whether it's you know the the end of the wonder comics with young justice or the amethyst miniseries with the superman books from bendis um it's kind of a no-brainer for me this year in 2020 dc was uh was my publisher of the year so nothing else really needs to be said about that 
Nice. And I think it's amazing that everything you just mentioned, I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Yep. Right? And yep. then we well, both... No, we both made the same choice. DC was was my publisher of the year, and yet I didn't read anything that DAP read. And yeah. and yeah. I have I have my own choices. Black mm-hmm. Label kicked on yeah. all all cylinders. Hill the House. the Hill House book were phenomenal, right? Yeah. But come on, the the guiding life, the driving force <laughs> of my love for DC is, has been death metal. So uh, I mean, we all make our choices, but. We're coming at it from from relatively different angles, and yet we still arrive at the same endpoint. DC kicked ass last year, and it would be a shame if someone would spread their ass cheeks wide and shit upon our streak. But I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Too. It's not the only time it's going to happen tonight again. Yeah, I know. my oh, God, what is yeah, happening? Well, listen, I mean, look, I mean, okay, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, know going, I don't know why we're going negative all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, Why are we going all downbeat? Shit. DC definitely, I mean, it was a coin toss for me. And honestly, I think the reason I, I couldn't give it to them is because I wasn't really vibing on the, you know, a lot of the the superhero stuff this year. Right. Just, uh, you know, um, but putting us, I mean, there were a few things, and, and DC definitely gets the edge over me, over Marvel for me this year for sure. But um, no, I had to go with Image. Which was the the, the 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 listeners' top choice as well? Um, you know, most of the books I've talked about tonight are are, are image books. I mean, uh, the the the, the Brubaker Phillips stuff is all image. Adventure Man image. Um, you know, and we did, we haven't talked about it, but but the Remender stuff and and Ascender Lemire and a bunch, like it just for me the, the most consistent publisher this year and and most years really is is Image for me. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, but 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 I will absolutely psychically concede that the dc was it had an amazing year um for sure so i i'm not like gonna tell you guys you're wrong I, yeah well was, there, was, there is a villain a re- that for this episode yeah I'm just saying <laughs> no uh, well i think the well but we have all right so we're at the this is the point of the oscars where we have the, the the final categories of the night we have we are left with the final two creator of the year and then comic of the year uh before we get to creator of the year though we have some business to take care of and I will have uh, our esteemed guest, Frank, help oh, me with this. Nice. Frank, uh, it is time to pick the winner. Now, now for those that, that, that didn't do the shame on you, maybe you will next year. But anyone that voted um, a, a near-complete ballot, which I think I defined as uh, 20 of the 25 count. I think it was I, – I forget if it was 18 or 20, but I, you know, I, I posted it in the rules – but if you did that, then you um, you qualified for a drawing tonight, and we're going to pick one person from the completed ballot list, and they will receive a fifty dollar uh, gift certificate to In Stock Trades, uh, DCP Services sister site. And Frank's going to help me. I have all the names that qualified in a spreadsheet here, <laughs> and so Frank, if you could give me a uh, a number between one and two hundred and twenty-two, please. Can do, and you know, since I, I never win anything, so I'm going to go with what I assume is usually my spot in the queue, and I'm going to go dead last. We'll go with two twenty-two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're not eligible because you're on the show tonight. So. <laughs> well, see, I can't win either. Right. So. My streak continues. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? This is someone. The winner is someone who we gave an 11 class for two last year for his webcomic. No it's shit. Mr. John Ammer. Holy shit. Oh, shit. That's right. Yes. Yes. Excellent. So, congratulations to John Ammer. 
John, I, I, I know you regularly listen, but I'll reach out to you either way. I'm not going to read your email out because I don't want people to spam the hell out of you. But that uh, international shipping. I guess I guess that. Uh, no, it's a gift certificate. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, we well, can work something out. Yeah, I'll yeah. talk to him if if he would yes. rather me like at like him pick something on Amazon in his in his you know home country and we'll work that out. But it's it's fifty dollars a book. We're going to hook. That's up. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for the so record, John, I wasn't trying congrats, to pick myself. Dude, um, I know you weren't. I figured. What's that? Yeah. Was that? The balls. Oh yeah. Um, no. No, it's true. I was going to say. If I was on there, though, I'd be dead last or I'd be off the spreadsheet. i got to be honest with you. If, if it was you, I would have just picked the person right before. <laughs> it would have felt like it was the Fugazi was on. Oh, and I should mention, John is the is the artist for Urban Animal, which is one of the most popular. Yes. It's a runaway smash success uh, comic great. on Webtoon um, written by uh, um, uh, Justin Jordan, right, is the writer, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it's a great it's, – it's like Teen Wolf, basically. Uh, like a modern to take on that kind of thing, and um, uh, it, it's great. So you all should check that out if if you didn't check it out after we we gave it some love last year. Uh, and also, they just had a Kickstarter um, a few months back, and I haven't they haven't filled it yet, but they're working on on a uh, complete collection of the of the first year of the web comic, which is going to be awesome. But yeah, so congrats, John. Um, that's awesome. Okay, so moving on to the to the big two, the final two of the night. I have the great honor of. Walking us through creator of the year, which uh, you know is is it's 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 that dude or that woman, however you see fit. Um, Thirty six nominees in this, and a uh, little surprised by this that that it, it was only third place. But 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 Ed Brubaker comes in with eleven percent of the vote in third place. Mm. Um, in second place, just edging him out with twelve percent of the vote is Mr. Jonathan Hickman, and. Uh, our audience is nothing if not loyal to this man. Uh, coming in with 14% of the vote, the winner yet again, because he's won a lot, uh, creator of the year for the audience, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Wow. Um, my choice, uh, the reason I felt comfortable giving Matt Fraction my favorite writer is because I was saving this creator of the year award for Mr. Ed Baker. Uh We've talked about him enough tonight. I don't need to rehash his uh, bona fides. I will say that we'll take you behind the scenes. Vince was like, bruh, how are you going to give Ed Blue <laughs> when are you separating him from Sean so Phillips? And I said, good. well, because I can hear Dap over my shoulder saying, ain't no ties, fool. It's not a team. It's favorite creator, not creators. I agree that psychically Brubaker and Sean Phillips are coincident, but I did break the tie, uh, as I told Vince offline, by the fact that Sean drew all of the goodness we've talked about tonight with Ed, but Ed also did something he doesn't do much these days. He wrote a comic for someone else, and that is he wrote Friday, which he's doing at Panel Syndicate with Marcos Martin. Right. And, so, and apparently three or like, four people read it, so that, that pushed him out of the... Uh, three or four people? It was like, I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but so, so so Phillips gets my art choice and Brubaker gets my creator of the year. Uh, and I, I don't think I need to explain why I think he's deserving of it. No, absolutely correct. Yeah. I think that's funny. You hear that little dap over your shoulder too. When you're, when you're doing your boats, like I, I have like that honorable mention thing that I want to do so bad. And there's this little, Oh no, seriously. I was going creator of the year. God damn it. That means I can't do Brubaker because I can't split up <laughs> Brubaker Phillips. And I didn't know about this Friday thing, whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, you hear dap in your ear. 
can't uh-huh. do that. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. No honorable mentions for you. No sure. soup for you. Yeah. Who's your choice, Frank? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on brand here. Uh, you know, this guy I feel like has been the definition of a creator over 2020. Um, James Tiny in the fourth. I mean, the dude did nothing but create books, uh, create characters, create stories that I love to read. Um, that was I, I couldn't give it to anybody else other than this guy. Um, I've been I, I mean I've been reading Tiny in a long time. I've, I don't know if you guys have read these ones, but uh, the Mimetic Cognetic sure, we'll Trilogy. Shout out to Eric Donovan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I mean, great books. I really enjoyed those. Um, again, Justice League Darks sucked me in. Um, you know, with Tiny though, and I, I think I posted it on the Slack. But if everybody would head out to his website and read his uh, his manifesto on what he has planned for the comics industry for 2021 and beyond, it's it's impressive. And I love the guy for the way that he just wants to elevate comics as a, as an art form. He wants he wants people in comic stores. He wants butts in seats. He wants people reading these things, buying these things, whether that's off of a website through DCBS, through your local comic book store. He wants to make comics even bigger every single year. And he's going to do everything that he can to contribute to that, uh, to that movement. Um, so, you know, for, for a guy that really his only focus is just to, to employ people in this, in this industry and to make the comics medium as big as it can get, obviously not only for himself, but for everybody that he's associated with. Um, and I could not go with that guy. So James Tiny in the fourth. That's awesome. You love him. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, he does. Um, I I um, resign myself to the fact that I, I put Brubaker as my favorite writer, and I think and 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 when it came down to who was going to fall where, I made. Brian Michael Bendis, my creator of the year because of things like not not just Superman and action books I talked about or Young Justice, and, and yes, there was Legion of Superheroes, but earlier in 2020 I was floored by the work he did with Nick Darrington in Batman Universe. Those double-page spreads as they're going through battling the uh, the soldiers and and just, it was, it was it, it reminded me of the Brave and the Bold from back in the day. I absolutely loved Batman Universe. He also, you know, he had the whole Leviathan event going on, which kind of didn't really get to pan out, I think, the way he had intended. There's the whole Manhunter and Checkmate thing, I think, that was supposed to be coming. And obviously things ended a bit more abruptly than he planned. But um, but still, I uh, the Bendis stuff was pretty much some of the first things I read when I opened up my box each month. Um Always kind of just made me smile, made me feel like, you know, the kind of kid I was when I was growing up reading comics. He just kind of tapped into that. And it's and it's been a while since um I felt I it it's been a minute since I felt that way about Bendis books. Obviously, you know, I read Daredevil after he'd already started it. Uh so I caught up on that and, and I have those beautiful hardcovers thanks to uh a loyal listener from Bullpen Boltons from back in the day. And I was with him when the Avengers when it started and then Things got a little long in the tooth, so I took a break. But there was just something about him coming back to DC, and and when he or coming to DC, and once um he got to have his way with Superman, and and it continued pretty much since it started. But last year, uh, with everything else that we had going on, and and what was available to read, Superman was definitely the Superman universe, and the Bendis stuff was uh, was a bright spot for me. So I it it, just, it felt natural for me to give it to him this year 
Sweet. Well, playing by DAP's rules um, and not knowing about Friday, uh, I would not <laughs> split Brubaker and Phillips. So I did not go with Brubaker for my creator of the year, uh, even though it is very apropos. Uh, no one stirred my soul like Brubaker in 2020. Uh, but I didn't read Friday. So I can't necessarily give him the nod as creator of the year, not having read this other thing that he did. So I went with my number two. Episode 707, 708, and 718, Simon Hanselman. I talked about the guy a lot last year for good reason. He's awesome. I love his stuff. And he speaks to me on a level that uh, I guess only Brubaker managed to do. Um, so yeah, creator of the year, Simon Hanselman. And it looks like Jason has been gracious enough to allow me, uh, the final category. And, uh, you can scratch what I said about Jason being the villain. Thank you. Because, uh, while Jason was the Lex Luthor that had his hands around our throat most of the episode, I think we have a doomsday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, so go with Brainiac, but okay. Well, well no, the that. best villain. We'll go with Doomsday. Hey. Um, so uh, the category, the last comic of the year. My goodness. <laughs> there were 58 <coughs> individual choices for this among our listeners. Uh, in third place with 5% of the vote goes to Kirkman and Somnay's Firepower. Certainly is a beautiful looking book. Uh, number two. Uh, the Immortal Hulk with 6% of the votes. And in the lead, the number one choice for comic of the year among the 11 o'clock comics listeners, Brubaker and Phillips Pulp. Now, mm-hmm. that is a very good choice. But unfortunately, that is not my choice. Um, while Pulp was a work of brilliance, and magnificence. I think it works better within the category of original graphic novel. Um, now, when I'm going to give the nod to a comic of the year, it's got to it's got to inspire me. It's got to instill something within me, uh, like my choice. But there there's something left over for the potential of more in my choice. I could have gone with pulp, but I didn't. I went with Reckless from Ed Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips and Jacob Phillips because while it was a work of genius and brilliance on its own, we're going to get more stories with Ethan Reckless. So that tipped the scales a little bit, if you want to say it, uh, from Pulp into Reckless. And we talked about that uh, at length in episode 717. Well... As you noted, thankfully, you cleared this up. I, I was not the villain here because um, I went with you, man. I, I Reckless was my comic of the year as well. I, I And I wonder, you know, Pulp obviously was the big winner of uh, among the audience this year um, for, uh, for Brubaker and Phillips. And I wonder if part of that is just that the ballot's been open for a few months, and I encourage people to just go in and answer as they as they as they see fit so they don't lose track and with reckless coming out at the tail end of the year i wonder if a lot of people just 
already had their ballots in. Right, you know, right. I, I, see, I see pulp as a closed system. Reckless is an open system. The potential is the thing that tips the scale for me because there's going to be more. Right, and right. I, and, I, and I say I can understand your logic there, but, but needless to say, that's not something that, like, is embedded in everybody's decision to choose no, it, right? No, I mean, yeah. how do you pick your favorite children? It's very hard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think both of these books are just phenomenal. Um. Yeah. Yep. So reckless is my choice as well. Uh, Frank, think, tell us why it's your choice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think pulp uh, being a closed system, uh, like you say, Vince. I think maybe that lends itself a little bit better to quote unquote comic of the year. If you want to look at it as a maybe. single work, yeah. Uh, you know that might explain the first place we'll vote. But, uh, right back at you, Vince. You All know, right. uh, I'm I'm going to solidify my my spot is my last appearance on the show and go against uh, <laughs> everybody and their mother on the, on the brew breaker train here. And I'm, I'm going to throw out my, my comic of the year was wonder woman, dead earth, Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, I've got to get out my thesaurus to find more stuff to say about this thing, but right. uh, I mean, what else, what else do you want? Post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland, giant, disgusting monsters, action sequences, um, big art, big story, just the biggest book of the year for me. Uh, I'd love to have an artist edition of this thing at some point. I double dipped on it. It's actually the only book that I read multiple times from last year. Um, of, of all of the stuff that I read, it's the only thing that I, I slotted twice in my in my queue. So, um, I mean, if you guys can ever get me in a room with Daniel, I'd love to buy this guy a beer and thank him for this book. And oh, we can make that happen. Oh, that's super easy to have happen. And then, Jason, if you can get me on the commission list. I'll go ahead and start working on selling this kidney. So <laughs> I, I can get a piece well, from that. It's easier to get you alone in a room with a beer. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that's, yeah, that's... Like, I'll take what I can get. I'll take you know but, Felix do. Felix don't play favorites. Yeah, yeah. But, but Frank, when, when Daniel's sitting there talking to you, he's drawn. And if you just happen to drop something underneath his pen, he'll just keep drawing on it. So. It's like slide <laughs> yeah. a coaster underneath that pencil and see what happens. Yeah. All right. So, so there you go. Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, well, that. Yeah, I'll I'll end this on a high note with the way it should be, <laughs> and that is uh, because the comic of the year really and truly should only be Reckless by wow. Baker and oh, Phillips wrong. and Phillips. It's, there's no two. I, it's inconceivable as to how you know something else could be chosen, but um, it happens. Listen, people read people read what they read. People enjoy what they enjoy. Obviously, um, I was going to open this third sour and, right now. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's it, the whole night has been evidence that that you know people people's favorites are uh, what they are, but um, no, there there are something in, in my mind is it's all fun and games, but some things there just are. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, in in my little world and whatever realm I have control over, there are some things that that in my mind are absolute, and I think. I think Reckless, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of wish it came out earlier in the year so it could continue to blow away things as they came out after it. Right. Uh, yeah, it did come out late enough where people, it, it probably, it's still right on top of mind, so it's it's easy to recall it and, and think about how great it was. If it, you know, even if it came out in February, uh, I'm sure it's one of those things where we joke around like, oh, yeah, you know, that this is what it's got to this this is the one to beat my Klaskers and um it, it nothing I don't I, I nothing would have 
uh, beaten it. I feel it. It just it it was fantastic, and and we're going to get more. I think that absolutely helps lean it um, in its favor. It it's uh, that it's not you know if it was done in one, okay, that's cool and all, and it would still be fantastic. But uh, this is a this is a world that uh, that this team is going to revisit and and give us more of and and we'll see where because it is going to happen in a couple more months early enough in the year we'll see if uh the second volume follows uh the first and and we'll see where it falls on on next year's ballots but yeah this was reckless was was just fantastic it it, mm-hmm. it, it no two ways about it you know it, we got more coming in a few months right yep. right it, it's it's a testament to the the, just the consummate power of Brubaker and Phillips, where they could take a guy like me, who has very, very little interest in the crime genre, and right. I've thrown a lot of accolades and a lot of awards at uh, Brubaker and Phillips over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it, it's something they do that uh, I mean, there, there, yeah, there are a lot of cr- crime comics out there, but none of them manage to pierce. My membrane, like uh, the stuff from Brewbreaker and Phillips. I don't know. Eh, what, but again, thank you uh, for listening. There are no wrong answers in this. If you That's didn't, true. if you didn't hear something you liked, well, you know what? Make sure you vote next year and get oh, your yeah. get your votes heard. Um, I, sorry that Jason was so angsty and and irritable early in the episode, ah. but <laughs> it happens. <laughs> he's he's only human. Right. Wow. By the way, um, there is only one year in the 12 years that we've been doing this where the three of us and the audience chose the same book for favorite comic. Hmm. Do you care to wager the book or the year or both? Oh, God. <sighs> I would guess it would have to have been criminal. No. Criminal was your and Dap's choice last year. The only time it got a vote from either of you. Because we smart. Uh, and I and the audience agreed about Hawksbox. What the hell? What is that? Is, is somebody making pee pee? What the <laughs> fuck? Pee pee. Uh, Any guesses? No guesses? You're going to be that? like, oh, yeah. Um. That's my wife taking a shower, if you guys can hear that. Oh, hot damn. Now we don't have video. Seriously? Fuck? You lost well, me now. Like, now maybe, I should go, maybe I should go check for a leak or something. Yeah, I'm That's done. I'm done. <laughs> How thin are these walls in a new place, please? <laughs> I guess they're thinner than I thought. So shot. Yeah. Okay, it was, it was way back in 2012. 2012? Shit. The hell was the book was that? That wasn't Sweet Tooth. Um, nope. Saga. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. The only time we had a clean sweep. That was the first year of Saga. Yeah. 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 It, was, it, it, was, it was all of us in the audience voted for it. Now, interestingly, technically, it wasn't a clean sweep that were because Chris was still on the show. It was his last year doing it, and he, he voted for Scalped. So, uh, technically, it wasn't a clean sweep. <laughs> well, come on. Really? You can't fault him for voting for Scalped. No. I mean, it was my choice uh, two years before. So, right. you know. But uh, Vince loves to he Vince goes in like cycles. He 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 has lots of like back to back picks when he when he finds like your favorite pencil artist Vince Buckingham back to back. 
Paolo Rivera back-to-back, Bocello back-to-back, and now Phillips back-to-back. There were others in between those, but I'm saying like you've had four times you've given the same artist back-to-back. Dude, things. I love hard. You do. You do. Yeah. So. Nice. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for being here with us uh, for another of these 11 o'clock because if you want to listen to last year's and compare picks well just uh, hightail over to episode 652 and see how well similar and or I, I wrote it down see how I similar know. and or different um our, our choices have been uh we would love to thank our patrons for making this whole thing possible patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe uh frank is one of them uh, and his family, but he's also a patron. And like I said in the uh, in the run up to this episode, they lift everybody up. They're there for you, so you should either join them or thank them. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. <laughs> join us <laughs> for making all this possible. Ah, get out of my head! I'm thinking such bad things. Yes, um, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> nice to have another wife fill up his mind for once. Ah. Uh, I'll be sure to let her know she's fucking the show up. Oh, stop. No, no, no. No, she's a wonderful person and beautiful. But anyway. She might uh, cause the the video to be uh, uploaded about 10, 15 minutes later than it was. (laughs) 10, 15 minutes. Dude, you're doing me a solid. Thank you. (laughs) 3.5. Anyway, uh, thank you, Frank, for being here. We made a very good choice in Frank Lanza. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you've done yourself proud, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen, and I, I appreciate the invitation to, to be here tonight. I had a great time. Um, hope I didn't uh, I didn't ruin everybody's day by not going with Brubaker. And, no, you know, <laughs> no. Contrary to your scuppering the last uh, you know category, you are welcome here anytime. This will not so, be your last nice. appearance. And I do believe last year's Oscars were hosted by. Well, the guest was. Caleb Alexander McKenzie. Yep, that's right. Not that other guy whose name I fucked up earlier yeah, in the show. Uh, uh, McAllister, yes. whatever the fuck that and was. John O'Neill was the uh, yeah. was the fourth chair of the year before. Yeah, yeah. Monahan or something. Um, yeah. it, it happens, right? I. You were like Caleb, Caleb uh, Salamander McGillicuddy. No, do shit, man. <laughs> Words come out of my. I'm actually going to blame him for that with his fucking cable handle on the slacks. I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see his name any other way now. I say it in my head. I don't. I don't say his actual name to myself. Well, he has the good taste to pick the greatest mutant of all time. As I love that guy. Yeah, great taste. Holy Jack, uh, you know that's the first time you've ever given Bendis Creator of the Year. Is it really? That's stunning to me. Probably. Be, I mean, who was last year? Uh, you gave it to Hickman. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I and probably because you've given it to Hickman three times, by the way. Like people think I'm the Hickman Mark, but you've, you've well, given you are, it. But no, I am. But you've given it to him three times. I don't know. I I, I think I it, last year uh, Ben just kind of just had the the two books. He he, well, he was your out. writer of the year in uh, favorite writer in eighteen and nineteen, just not creator creator. Of the, yeah, yeah. So, How about fair. this? If there was no such thing as an Ed Brubaker, you know it would have won my Writer of the Year. Hey, Anselman. Anselman? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. Ita? No. no. Matthew Allison? No. 
Uh, then we don't know them clearly. Philip <laughs> Kennedy Johnson. No. Oh, Schneider. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, thank you've God. Never that, you've never given it to him. I have never. I, you're right. I never have. And there you go. Uh, thank, I uh, no, I've never. Been your none, of have, none of us have given Schneider uh, Writer of the Year. Yeah, could he have been my Creator of the Year? I don't know. Ever, he was my Creator of the Year back in 2011, as was he was Dapps. He was Dapp. Dapp and I gave it to him in 11, which I assume was when he was blowing up Batman because we all gave Poppy Capullo the. Uh, mm. So that was must be the year that Batman was super hot. And um, and Vince, you were the you were the villain that year because the audience was with us, but you went with uh, Jaime Hernandez. Oof! Hey, <laughs> what, did, what does that mean? Wow! It, it is it is Frank's last episode. <laughs> no, it's not. But uh, so yes, I was the villain. Uh, we'll we'll make uh, Frank Zod for this episode, and I'll be Doomsday then. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I was looking back at her old pics, man. It's yes. a lot of fun. It's crazy. It's always fun. Um, do you have them handy? Because that would be really something that would uh, be nice for the website, so people can go look and and see what our pics were over the thirteen years we've been doing this. I have them handy, like, but not. I mean, I have them in an Excel sheet. I don't know what you want me to. Oh. Everybody you mean, like, put, like put them up in like a like a little article type of thing. Or yeah, why not? We can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want me to format them, I'll do it. You send it to me, and I'll just figure out a way to to okay. to, to do it. But whatever. Uh, so uh, yes, thank you for being here with us for this award show. Business as usual coming up next episode. Yes. Yeah. If you would like to uh, experience more of the eleven o'clock comics thing, Facebook, Reddit. Twitter, Instagram, it's a brave new world out there, and uh, we're loving it. So uh, join us on the socials. In the meantime, I think Dap has something to tell you about the book of the month. Was that what you were going to say? No, I was just going to tell everybody, uh, suggest to everyone that uh, in your travels for this evening, read something the four of us mentioned tonight that is new to you. Um. And uh, the book of the month is, as uh, as we mentioned, um, Usagi Turtles. That'll happen uh, next Thursday, I believe, because coming up, on, we'll be recording it Monday. So on Tuesday, you will have a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Big if choice. everything goes according to plan, which I do believe it is, uh, you will hear a guest on the show. And it will be a guest you have never heard big, on this big, show before so i'm excited right? about it yeah me too on twitter and here's a clue since we're talking oh. about crime and mystery Damn, giving out clues now I, here's a yeah here's yeah, a, clue. a clue this person has three names <sighs> oh god i'm stumped i can't even do two names correctly oh, good lord and it's not tiny in the fourth because the fourth is not part of a name it's yeah. a, it, it's a number Right. Yeah, uh, you might as well just tell him it's it's Joseph Michael Winslow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's coming in. Yeah. The next time you bump into him at the grocery store, Dap, just give him my my number. <laughs> no, it's Vince. No, it's Vince. Vince is closer to him. Oh, that's right. You're closer to him. Yeah. Be like, hey, yeah. how do you get the nipples so puffy? <laughs> well, he, there's a trick. Yeah. Uh, Airbrushing. No, he. Have you ever seen him? Yeah, he's been heroes. He's pretty much a hero's every year. Well, no. Uh, oh, you mean as Frank Miller? Yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. literally something out of Clerks. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah he's a great big goofy guy. Yeah, baseball yeah. hat, long hair, trench yep. coat. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, super nice dude. Uh, he's he's and he's amazing at what he does. Um, but uh, yes, we we very hope attractive wife also. He did well. Yeah, you're not you're not kidding. Um, uh, yeah, and you're uh, so say good night. That sucked. Damn harsh. It, well, I'm, you know, I'm my hardest critic. Second, no. Nah, oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, a blank slate. We're starting all over. Second, <laughs> night. <laughs> you want to go? the timer on his watch. You want to? Yeah, he pushed the button. Now he's got to go, oh, damn. How do I fix this? This Apple chronograph. Get that, ca- get that Casio out. Right? Him and Ross with the helicopter keyboard. <laughs> David. Oh, shit. I, should, I hit the pen too soon. Good night. Right. This may be an obscure reference, but Ross killed Tomita for me. Have you ever listened to Tomita's The Planets? No. Oh, it's a great recording, but it's it's very of its time, uh, and there are things in there that are analogous to what Ross was doing with the freaking Casio keyboard, with the helicopters and the... He killed the planets for me by Tamita. Killed it. David. That, right. that's, that's, that's great. I can't that's even good. listen to it again. Love it. He, he had, you- I forget where it was he was playing. I think it was Australia or something. He had um, a, uh, a string section out on a, on, a, on a ship while he was playing over uh, this, this land-based pyramid thing. It was just an amazing setup. And it's a great recording of, of the planets. Come on. It's a legendary Piece of piece of classical music, and um, there but there are things in it that are like meow 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 meow, you know, and 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 helicopters and 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 sound effects, but it always makes me think of of fucking Ross with his stupid keyboard looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> I grew up playing one of those damn things. Me too, right? I thought oh, it was the greatest thing ever. Fucking yeah. Ross. My mom the, plays uh, piano, and that was our ooh. our cheap way of getting me. <laughs> Something to play on at home while I did lessons on a full size when I was a kid. <laughs> Ruined me for life. Uh, any yeah, um, any let her go. And she came back to him. Like it does yeah. not make any sense. Well, I mean, well the uh I think I I still I, my wife watched it. I still have to watch the um the Fresh Prince reunion show on HBO Max. But I do believe I will probably one night Maybe after I've had a few, uh, I will watch the um, the Friends reunion special when when they air that. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, I don't have HBO Max, so I'm not guessing I'm not watching it. Not yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, probably not. I, I I have zero interest in Kong versus Godzilla either. So no, yeah, but the S- Snyder Cut, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a because because the lump of shit didn't smell enough. We're we're just gonna extend it by an hour. Oof. Yeah, whatever. I don't I don't see him making that movie any better than it already was, and and yeah. it wasn't good at all. So, whatever. Jason's quiet. That means we're done. Uh, he's we, peeing. Yeah. Oh, is he? I I, I got no. I'm oh, he's there. Is there? No, I'm right here. Uh, yeah. I got I got, I got nothing for you on any of that. Nice. 
we love you so much. Thank you, Frank, again for being here with us. And uh, my brothers, we're going to come back real soon. Join us. We're love. We love you. Peace out. Bye bye. Hey. That's it for that one. <laughs>